I, the Pink Menace, hereby pirate this broadcast in the name of the Queen... Um, Queen! Does she even have an... I don't even know if she has a name. <laughs> anyway, you know if you see her, she's tiny, kind of wider than she is tall. Oh, she's awful, but her face, like a little... like a damp mop, you know? I'm going to stop describing her, because I feel... I feel a hit coming on. <laughs> anyway, stop recording me. Kia ora and welcome to MuckPod, the Muck Party community podcast where we chat with the talented folks who help us make cool stuff about what they do, how they do it, and what's inspiring them. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Marchant, and who is here with me today as always? I am Simon Crane. I am an animator here at Muck Party. Uh, how are you, Josh? I'm all right, pretty yeah, good. Now pretty that we've good. got our technical uh, whatnots all sorted out, yeah, what well, could be better? Well, I'll tell you what could be better. A great podcast. And here it is. Yeah. Uh, with no Star Trek yeah. talk, all right? Yes. Uh, the last couple of podcasts, we've gone deep, a deep dive into the world of Star Trek. This is the first one we've recorded since. It feels good to not be talking about it, Star Trek. It really does, doesn't it? I don't want to hear about Star Trek. <laughs> okay. We may mention it again. Who you knows? have 365 <laughs> days. Yeah, yeah. Be ready. I know, right? The next one's going to be real big. Yeah. This, yeah. Was, this was just the beginning of the thing rolling downhill. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The shit rolls down. Anyway, um, well, today we've got a, a, a guest with us. It's not Star Trek. It's a, it's a bit of a superstar. We've got Andrew Campbell with us. Hey, Andrew. Hi. How it's are you, Andrew? A, a fellow animator. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Animator uh, at Mac Putty. I think, I think Andrew, if I'm wrong, you're the first person they hired? Yeah, sort of uh, after I graduated in uh, end of 2007, start of 2008, they sort of kept sending little jobs my way. Right. So, so even before, like, the, like let's call it the, the Barefoot Bandits expansion, mm-hmm. the first expansion out of the, the, the basement. This is technically before there was a studio. This was still them working together in a basement and um, you remote? No, they had a studio further in town, but it was only big enough for three, maybe four people. So. Yeah. yeah, three or four people and about a million toys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, you take the toys out, maybe about nine people. <laughs> yeah, probably. What are we going to do? Yeah. Buy less toys? Uh, not an option. Um, you were living out of Auckland at the time. Yeah. Uh, when did that happen? Because you were in Auckland for Barefoot Bandits. Yeah, 2015. I was in Auckland. Then I moved down in 2016, and then tried to come back in 2020, but some stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. what was that about? <laughs> Well, we all got stuck Ca- somewhere. Pandemics happen. Yeah. <laughs> of course. You know, it's so far in the rearview mirror. I'm just like, what was happening in 2020? Yeah. It's all just seen missing in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, I, I think we need to put together a petition to like get those years back. Yeah. Right. Or at least take them off our age. Ah, oh, we'd only waste right. them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Now, the mucks, uh, how, how, how did the mucks hear uh, about you? I guess it would have been through your online profile with... Um, too much spare time animation could have been that but i think also it might have been that i went to the same animation school as them after they'd been through it and okay. i think there was a lot of um sort of networking that was uh, done through the staff and studios around auckland so they might have given my name to right Mark yeah. Putty. Yeah. yeah so you don't actually know you haven't asked the mucks at any point like don't look yeah. a gift horse in the mouth they hired yeah, me yeah, that's exactly. all that's important yeah when you studied animation had you already been animating before that um, yeah, just sort of tooling around in Flash to see yeah. what I could do. And before that, it was like trying to animate by scanning in drawings and then manipulating them in Photoshop or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. You, you, genuine, true passion for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I remember um, having my Windows XP desktop <laughs> computer at a very young age and being like, okay, 
if I can draw something in MS Paint and then put it into Windows Movie Maker and mm. shorten that down to like 0.1 seconds, I might be able to get some animation going. It didn't <laughs> quite work, but yeah. you were clearly, uh, you know, from the get-go trying to make animation happen. Yeah. I was looking at um, into the into the archives of your work, um, and I found something that you made in university, um, Ignatius vs. Dodgy. It's, yep. uh, these were mascots for like... T- two parts of the uh, Canterbury University? Yeah, the dragon was sort of a mascot for the Students Association, and Dodgy Duck was just an antagonist I made up so okay. to bounce off the dragon. Right, <laughs> right. It's, and it's quite um, quite ambitious for, you know, for something made in uni. It's For one thing, I found looking at all your um, early work, all your stuff is long. It's not like these are 30-second quick snapshot yeah. animations. These are all little mini stories or music videos that are happening. Yeah, well, that is kind of due to the fact that a lot of pieces of music are about two minutes long. So I'd be like, I want to animate to this bit of music and then mm-hmm. I'd have to fill in two or three minutes. Right, right. Uh, the one I was, uh, Ignatius versus Dodgy is like a couple, several minutes of like uh, wacky <laughs> yeah. Looney Tunes style antics and then um, a cover of uh, YMCA. YMCA, <laughs> yeah. And like partly live action. You, it was clearly, you can see the gigantic pixels probably taken on like a camera phone or something yeah. of the university and then the characters moving around on top of it. Yeah, it saved time. I didn't have to draw backgrounds. Smart. Yeah, nice. It's that kind of uh, economical thinking that makes <laughs> animation possible. Yeah, it is. Um, looking at your um, at your backlog of animation, the thing that amazes me is just that you allow it all to stay. Like every couple of years, I'll go through my social media profile or my uh, or my YouTube channel or whatever, and I'll just go. Bleh. Most of this can go. I'm no longer. Uh, I no longer want this to be representative of me. But you've left everything, which is great for us because it lets us see like the uh, the 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 growth and evolution of your work. Yeah. Well, it's like um, it's probably due to the sort of the trauma of having computer hard drives just fail on me. Right. So it seemed every couple of years I just lose a lot of work. I'd back up a lot of stuff too, but sometimes there's just things that you never see again. It's like, oh, if only I just stuck it on GeoCities or something, it might still be there. But it's yeah, true. So it's true. The internet um, is a more reliable archive than my own computer sometimes. I mean, that makes sense. I've um, I remember putting uh, a bunch of like scripts that I'd written and art that I'd done on a floppy disk. Yep. And then one day going to my dad and going, can you put this into your laptop and download it all for me? He's like, no, there's no floppy disk drives anymore. What? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like when the USB stopped being mandatory on everything or yeah. um, headphone jacks. What do you mean they don't have them anymore? <sighs> I need them. That kind of bugs me, the no headphone jack thing. Well, it should. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's nice to have the no, the no wires and stuff. I get it. But uh, there's just once in a while, it's just the simplicity of plugging something in and having it work. I like having like a, a trail that I can follow to my headphones, right, you know, yeah. or my earbuds. I just hear story about ri- stories about rich people like popping in a new pair of AirPods every day and then throwing them away. And that kind of wastefulness uh, gets me. <laughs> so um, I see you're big on Newgrounds. We were talking about that earlier on. You've what, 20 years on Newgrounds? Yeah, 2003 yeah. was when I signed up. So. Yeah. Did they give you a little gold star or a cupcake or something yeah, for having been for on it. that long? Yeah. It warmed my heart to be back on Newgrounds. I was saying to Andrew earlier on that this is, cause, you know, like, it, it, you know, I didn't study animation. I kind of fell into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was around the time, like, 
what I would do is like learn Flash and then in the evenings go onto Newgrounds and check out what other, some professional animators, but some of us, a lot of the time it's just like novices like myself just giving it a go. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's a very sort of uh, happy and nostalgic time for me. Um, so being able to um, revisit Newgrounds, looking at your stuff, Andrew, was just, it felt great. One of my favorite things that I came across, something you had, had um, like, a, like the, the loading bar. Oh, yeah. At the I start, remember. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Man. I remember once. I once somebody somewhere on the internet, uh, uh, um, had posted the HTML. Uh, no, the JavaScript. Yeah, the template. Yes, kind of. for making a, a loading screen. And I felt like the most professional animator in the world. Look, I can have a thing happen while the loading bar happens. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember some Flash sites would have like a little mini game that you could play while the game while oh the cartoon loaded? Yeah. That's and that was the back. great thing about flashes because you'd see that and you'd go, but I have this software. I surely can do this. Like mm-hmm. I can work this out. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. Um, the other website that I found a lot of your stuff on is albinoblacksheep.com. And I did have to ask Bren what exactly this was because it looked like part forum, part new grounds uh, type situation. It's But yeah, that, it's, was, that was the first place that I started putting flash animations on mm. uh, just because like I did have my own website which I put things on, and then someone on Albino Black Sheep was sharing them there. And then they were like, well, why don't you just put your stuff straight on Albino Black Sheep? So I did that, and then uh, from there, it was on to Newgrounds later. But mm. at the time, it was sort of just a forum for talking about whatever animations the guy who runs the site decided to put on the website. So, so it started off as just one guy's personal blog type thing. Yeah, and it kind of has been, you know, ever since, you know, that's the way it's just kept going despite the changes in the way that video sites work on the internet. Yeah, um, it was interesting going on that website because some of uh, the videos uh, from you and other contributors have are now just um, an embedded video player. Yeah. But there are still quite a few like games and interactives that are still just the embedded Flash file. Okay, and so would they work or do you need a, a plug-in? For I got a few of them to work yep. on my okay. iPad. That's good, yep. Um, because that's something that's changed yeah. Um the access to uh, flash files has gone the way of the dinosaur. Mm. Um, they, they, the story was that they were saying they're too easy to um, download viruses through or something, having a raw flash file on your website. But yeah. that said, I've never had a problem with it. I was using visiting new grounds and whatever other websites where people would put their flash cartoons in and, Never happened to me. I heard that Steve Jobs just didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, this Flash thing? Nah, we're not having that. And so, like, Apple just stopped being compatible with Flash and the rest followed. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's always the fault of the people who weren't using Flash for what it was supposed to be for, which is animation and games. Like, people were using it to run websites that were just should have had better coding, but mm, they were just using right. Flash as a shortcut. And then it's like, people can exploit the, you know, the simplicity of it i guess i guess so um i kind of liked um the old days of just a website um just hosting a flash thing though because you could take the end off the html put swf download Mm. it and start picking it apart and looking at all the assets and maybe finding things in the library that they didn't use it was fun it Mm. felt like you were looking you were looking directly at the thing that they made as opposed to when you export a video and put it on youtube there's there's a layer of uh of difference yeah and a thing that was quite common at the time especially on new grounds was animators would have the animation stop on say frame 100 but there'd be another few frames at the end and if you right clicked and press play it would just roll on to whatever you know extra bonus footage they put at the end so i always did that and another thing i always did was put 
little bonus animations or commentaries outside of the frame. So if you took downloaded the animation, loaded it up, and resized the frame, you could see my commentary down below. Right. Oh, wow. Explaining every joke and every reference and all that kind of thing. Oh, fantastic. I uh, I grew up uh, watching uh, Homestar Runner, and oh. uh, the 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 big innovation that I discovered there were um, Easter eggs. One day discovering, hey, wait a minute. For some reason, my mouse has gone from, you know, the little pointy guy mm. to the hand. Mm. I can click on this, and there's a secret thing while I'm watching the cartoon. Felt like, felt amazing. Yeah. Um, and th- they did the same thing. I know there's one where um, uh, Strong Bad, the character, um, you know, big egg-headed wrestling guy. Um, one of the jokes is he never takes off his wrestling mask. That's just his face. There's a great one where he gets a new chair because people are always asking, why don't you get a new computer, a new chair? Because he, he works on old janky stuff. He gets a big desk chair and it just covers the screen. And he says, now I'm going to take off my mask. And you can't see it because uh. it's behind the thing. I downloaded the Swift, pulled it apart. And behind there, there was just a little uh, text uh, saying, nice try. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> they knew Very that all the, fla- uh. the Flash people were digging in the digging in the trash. Yeah. Yeah. I lo- that's great. Homestar Runner is so good. Mm. And uh, I know that that website now, um, they've had to use a third-party thing called Ruffle, which um, still works with, is it HTML5 is the new thing that websites have to use to run? It's it's compatible with that. All browsers can use it, and it just emulates Flash and the interactivity and the clicking and everything. Oh, it does? Yeah. Oh, great. I don't know if that's... I think Newgrounds has its own special player that people put things into, right? Yeah. What well, yeah. does interactivity still work on Newgrounds? I'm assuming because yeah. people make games. Right. That, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm an old man uh, saying something that he's heard of. Friday Night Funkin', right? That's oh, a yeah. game <laughs> that's, that's right. really popular on Newgrounds. <laughs> Don't know what it is. Dancing? I take your I word. Think it's for a it. rhythm game. Yeah. yeah when right. I first heard about it, I was like, "Is that is is is, is that a, uh, a Five Nights at Freddy's <laughs> thing?" <laughs> um, and I imagine that. Um, uh, through doing uh, your own animation, uh, it wasn't a huge leap for you to start collaborating and working on uh, 48-hour films. Yeah. You've done a few with um, with other teams, right? With, like, you know, groups of people. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, um, I was in one of the first 48 hours. I'm not sure what year it started, but I think the first one I did was 2006 or 2007. Sounds about right. Yeah, just with some friends from animation school, which wasn't animated. It was just a live-action thing, but... Um, then I was sort of away in Canada for a while. I mean, I came back in Christchurch. I joined up with my friends in um, South Jersey Ghost Research because um, they just wanted some graphics or whatever. Yeah, it was quite fun. Uh, so I'm just trying to get right in my head. When were you in Canada? Was that did you was that before Barefoots or was it? That was before Barefoot Bandits. Yeah, I, I came Barefoots, back and okay. yeah, knowing that there was a job here. To... So you must have just come back then. Yeah. Okay. Right. 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 Yeah, because I was just saying to Andrew, I've, I've met Andrew's cat because Andrew's cat was in quarantine. And I guess that must that was, what, six months or something? Like uh, it used to be six months, uh, six weeks, but they changed it just after I moved to be only about 10 days, I think. Oh, really? So, oh, okay. Yeah, not even two weeks. Okay, right, right, right. I just, I just remember knowing you a lot longer yep. by the time I met your cat. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen your cat because uh, they have an extended like cameo at the end of uh, one of your recent videos. Oh, yeah. You've always got to put a cat. That, Do, know, so. yeah, I mean, it's internet gold. And yeah. you're doing like South Park style animation where it's just a little black square over his mouth going up and down, up and down. Treats, father. Treats for me. <laughs> how, is, how is the cat? Uh, she's doing great. Good. Yeah, the move up to Auckland kind of rattled her a bit, but she's back to... Eating and scratching and keeping me up at night as nice. usual. So. Just what cats do, right? Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. How are you finding um, how are you finding the move back to Auckland as opposed to working in Christchurch? I mean, at the end of the day, it's sitting at a desk. Yeah. The yeah. thumb that you're not you're not exactly in the rat race driving to and from works and studios and stuff. Yeah, sometimes I mean, it is a little bit different to be like spending more time on the bus or driving or whatever, but um, yeah. Because yeah, I didn't see you for many, I didn't meet you in person for quite a while after working here because you didn't, uh, uh, you know, live in Auckland. Yeah. Are you enjoying coming back into the studio on a more regular basis, working yeah. in amongst other animators? Yeah, yeah, it's good to sort of be back amongst other people again. Mm. Yeah, you're one of the studio guys, like, you come in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's so many years away, you just kind of crave. Being, <laughs> yeah, being I mean, right. I flew up here at least yeah. twice during that time that I was away. That's right. I always had some other excuse to come to Auckland too, like, you know, when my sister had a baby and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> yeah. Any excuse. You get really. to hang out in the studio. Yeah. Also, your sister had a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Taking the flimsiest excuse. Like, oh, my sister had a baby. You know. um, what can you tell us about Canada? I didn't know you uh, worked in Canada. Um, it's cold, right? It is, but the buildings take that into account, unlike mm. in New Zealand. So right. You know, when you wake up in the morning and there's snow outside and you work from home, it's like, ah, a magical Christmas miracle. Everyone else is like, nah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, in Auckland, you just wake up cold. That's how you know. Yeah. You don't need to open your curtains. Well, Auckland cold. It's not real cold, is I it? know, I know. I have to say this every time I talk to my friends who um, live at the other side of the country. I was like, it's cold for here. You know what I mean. I don't want to have to say this every time. Yeah. I'm, I'm an old man. I'm going to talk about the weather. <laughs> But it's a wet cold, unlike in Alberta, where when it snows, everything just kind of dries up and your lips crack. And Oh, right. Yeah. Nasty. But yeah. also, if you spill a bit of water in the kitchen, it'll just be gone minutes later because everything dries up so quick. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So all the houses are insulated yeah. and uh, have heating units and all that sort of stuff just yeah, going. Yeah, central heating's pretty common, yeah. That's yeah. smart. When yeah. I was in Australia not that long ago, any building you walk into... Um, it's just a wall of cold air because they know that um, we're not meant to live here. If you're outside for too long, that's the end. Yeah. So uh, what what was it, Andrew? What, like, what, why did you start getting into animation? Like, do, uh, was there anything or is it just is it in the DNA? Let me think back. <laughs> um, I've always been someone who just has to draw. Like, I've always right. been drawing since before I can even remember drawing. Yeah. Um, and also... I just think that animation is just like the next step from that. It's like, it's just drawing, but better. Yeah. And in fact, I would watch Sesame Street just for the animated bits. I didn't care about the puppets all that much. It was sure. Just the little shorts that you'd see, even when it was the same one over and over. Because uh, look, there was one on Sesame Street that I, I'm only going to mention because you might know where I could find it. It was a, it was a guy and he was tapping an egg. And, and when he taps the egg, he hears a little voice inside going, who is it? And taps the egg again. Who is it? Taps it again. Stop that. Stop that. You know, taps it again. Hello? Nothing. Taps it again. Who is it? And then the guy kind of gets excited and crushes the egg. And then there's a knock on his door. You know, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> and in the same voice, he goes, who is it? <laughs> and then they, the whole scenario plays out again and his house crushes down on top of him. Yeah. And I saw, like, like is this the problem with the, the Sesame Street animations? You see it one day, and then it disappears out of your life forever, and you don't know what it's called, and you don't know who made it. I have to say, that's when YouTube um, came in really handy. 
you see comments on old footage like that all the time people going i never thought i'd be able to find this again yeah but i just put in the keywords and there it is yeah i know that real early on sesame street i guess just to like pad the runtime because you know i guess they were run off their feet trying to make the puppet stuff work they would um hire independent um animators to just hey can you do something anything 30 seconds and this was like I want to say late 70s. So there was a lot of real interesting experimental animation. Yeah, yeah the, a lot the, of it's really rough, but it's so entrancing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the two famous ones that everyone seems to know is um, the little girl doing this real exaggerated skip up the road going, uh, a quart of milk, a loaf of bread, a stick of butter. She's trying to remember what she needs to get oh, at yeah, the supermarket. Right, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what the payoff is. She probably forgets. She yeah, gets probably. a quart of bread and a stick of milk <laughs> yeah. or something like that. <laughs> that sounds right. And uh, of course, the one that I do know really well, because I saw it a lot and loved it any time it came up, I was kind of holding out every time I watched Sesame Street to see this one is the one, two, three, four, yeah, five, yeah. six, seven, Pointer eight, nine, sisters, ten. Yeah. The pinball machine. Yeah, it was great. It's just a beautiful, colorful bit of animation of yeah. uh, pinball. It's a classic. And it is definitely on YouTube and it's definitely well worth revisiting. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think I was much the same way because you start out drawing like most kids do. If you find you like it, you keep doing it. And then once you discover there's this thing called animation... Or once you put together that the way animation is made, it's not Roger Rabbit where you're filming a living cartoon. Someone has to draw every one of those. You go, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and like I draw flip books when I was a little kid. That's what I was going to say. And I remember seeing a thing on TV that was like how a Mickey Mouse cartoon is made. And they showed like people drawing single frames of, I think it was Donald Duck actually, like walking. And then they put it all together. And I remember looking at that and thinking, no, they've missed a step. I can't see the pages flipping past. This right. isn't like a flip book at all. What <laughs> yeah. have they done? There must be something else. Yeah, how they, did they do it? <laughs> there, wasn't a sh- there wasn't a shot of one of them, you know, actually at their pegboard using their hands to flip back and forth between the pages. I don't remember. If because was, that yeah. is just professional flip booking, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. That's how it's all done. Yeah. Or was done for a very, 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 very long time. I remember that in school. All my school books had like at <laughs> least four flip books in every because the corners yeah. you could just use them as and like let's face it not every class like engaged me so it's like oh, i'm just gonna do a little flip book and you can turn it over do another one do another. did you and, do uh the bouncing guy the bouncing ball or uh, an ex- a guy what that explodes? i used to do is i used to just yeah it was usually like um like faces that would explode and then turn into the mtv logo <laughs> <laughs> at the end. that makes sense mtv I want to say around the sort of same time as Sesame Street, they would also just, you know, get people to do interstitials and mm. interesting bits and bobs. Mm. Um, do you remember what your, your flip, books, flip books were of? Um, I'm trying to remember. I know there's ones with just like a little face that will run around or explode or something. And when I was about eight, I made this little crocodile character. So I think he was in a few of those flip books, probably nice. eating people or something. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds right. And... Um, was there was there anything between flipbooking and uh, using your computer and then Flash? Is that the trajectory? Um, in I think it was 1990 when I was 10, my dad got a handheld camcorder, and you could you couldn't really control it down to single frames, but you could get about three quarters of a second. You if know. your fingers were quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Play, so, play pause, play pause, play yeah, pause. Yeah. yeah, so I'd set it up against the blackboard and then just like draw little figures on oh, there and see great. what I could come up with. And, they would be about, you know, 10, 20 seconds long kind of thing, but it was it was a start. So you're filming your own um, animation, basically using a stop motion yeah, uh, yeah. technique. Did you do any stop motion? Were Legos or anything yeah, ever? Yeah, Lego and mix? plasticine, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, nice. makes sense. Yeah, but and I preferred to draw, so I just used the chalkboard for most of that. That's a great idea. I mean, you got a copy of Flash. That would have been called Macromedia. Uh, nope, some more things happened in the middle there. Um, eventually... 
um, when my dad got a PC when I was a teenager, I would make little pixel animations, but there weren't I didn't really have many much good GIF animation software, but I used QBasic to sort of just um, manipulate the little sprites around the screen, like drawing them with turtle graphics kind of thing. And would you like download? other people's graphics uh we didn't have the, the internet, internet back then <laughs> <laughs> what hang on wait 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 no 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 it goes early man internet <laughs> prison times now early man flip books then internet then right 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 times. yeah no most of the games and programs we had were sort of got through friends from school just like swapping on floppy disks or whatever one of them might have access to a bbs and then we'd all get you know whatever software and whatever viruses they had yeah <laughs> Did you lose a, com- a few computers to viruses? No, not viruses. It was usually just the disks themselves. Like floppy disks would have a shelf life, and sometimes yeah. I wouldn't be careful to, you know, check how long the backups had been backed up for, and you'd lose things that way. But yeah, but once you were on the co- once you were on the computer, it was a slow and steady process of trying different uh, different programs and different techniques to get the pictures to move. Yeah, usually, um, yeah, animated GIF programs were sort of. You know, there was some, there was more uh, freedom in that one. Then I could scan things in when I had a scanner and try and sort of get some animation without even sort of trying to guess how to in between when you can't do it when it's just a scanner. So, right. Yeah. What about sound? Was there any sound in those? Or? Um, I didn't. Oh no, Flash was probably when I started using yeah. sound. Yeah. I think I tried some sort of some experiments where I'd make animated bits to go into, um, you know live action movies that me and my friends were making and wow try and try and time them to it but it was all just sort of guess and check and sometimes you're wrong so. right so so yeah. but even as a kid though you're you're making movies yeah you're telling stories always comedy based yeah pretty much yeah yeah, yeah that's that, 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 that does not surprise me <laughs> <laughs> what were um what were some of the animated things that um sort of made you want to draw um once you got once you got oh, yeah. past Sesame like, Street sort of yeah, age, yeah. well, seeing like so I don't want to say bad like like low budget animation would sure. make me think oh, I could probably do that, and so stuff like the Sesame Street animations, Danger Mouse was quite a, oh, yeah. a really funny but also really bare bones animation kind of show. Yeah, that's one of those shows. Is that is that by is there is that Cosgrove Hall? Yeah, that's the one. And they did that. They also did like Duckula yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. And yeah. they'd always sucker you in with a really good theme song. Like put all their big top guys on the theme song, and then the show begins. And well, doesn't quite live up to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah. like like forty seconds of just a picture of a post box <laughs> and, and David Jason's voice just talking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, there's a certain charm to that too. There is. There, there absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah, was Batfink one of those guys? Remember, remember I Batfink? Remember that one. Your bullets cannot harm me. Oh, My yeah. wings are like a shield of steel. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, it was good times. Yeah, but also watching cartoons in the eighties and early nineties when I was little, um, TV time was quite restricted by my parents, and mm. my mum in particular thought that cartoons were a waste of eyesight, and it was someone else's imagination. Right, right. But, Interesting. So I just couldn't get enough of animation, but probably because it was restricted, I guess. And, and now whose animation, yeah. now whose imagination <laughs> yeah. is it? Yeah, you know? right. I, was, I was gonna say, uh, in some ways, she, you know, maybe set you on the right path, because yeah. you didn't get to watch much animation, you had to take inspiration yeah, from what little you could find. And you sounds like you spent quite a lot of time yeah, making your own stuff. I mean, my parents kind of had a point, if you see kids cartoons from the 80s you know like compared to what it is now it's like 
It was just sort of ads, basically. I mean, I don't want to judge, but yes, I had better cartoons when I was a kid yeah. than everyone born in the 80s. Yeah, I'm a He-Man guy, right? And I remember yeah. grown-ups kind of saying, oh, it's just a big ad for toys. I'm like, yeah. Like, you're saying it like it's a bad thing. <laughs> I love toy ads, and big long ones are even better, but it's true. Um, like, when you look back and you compare it to the kind of stuff that came later in the 90s, and even the stuff that came before it, the Hanna-Barbera stuff, there was just this little window in the 80s where... Cartoons were a bit rubbish. The the, the 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 explanation I've heard for that is that like all the shows that were quite lively and animated were like that because um, America was outsourcing the actual animation work to other countries, and there was an economic reason for that because they could pay them less than they would have to pay an American wage. The few studios that stayed in uh, doing animation in America, like Filmation, which they were very proud of doing, it meant, well, the budgets had to be much smaller. So you couldn't have as much action. So that's when you get your He-Man and all that G.I. Joe, that sort of stuff, where it's, you know, a mouth moving and maybe one close-up of half a face. I love it. (laughs) I've been watching, I watched a bit of Star Trek the Animated Series. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. For some reason, they love doing a shot where it's just half of someone's face. Yeah. What's that about? Because you don't have to draw the full face if you only do half it. It can't be but that much more expensive. What I love it, this is a visual gag, so this is not going to work at all on the podcast. But the half face, usually the drama is happening behind the half face. Like it's like Spock or Man at Arms. And they're saying, well, if we don't stop the blah, 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 then, you know, if we don't do Y, then X will happen. And the half face is completely like like expressionless. And then when they drop the... If X, then Y. The half face goes, <laughs> opens its mouth and widens its eyes. <laughs> just does the stock wow expression. Yeah. They also love vehicles because, well, for one thing, you could sell a vehicle, but also you could have a really long uh, establishing shot and just be hearing voiceover of the characters inside the machine as a background cycles by. Right. Yeah. yeah. I have to say one of the biggest joys of my life as an animator was the the first year we were making um, Barefoot Bandits. Um, we, we all sat around and watched He-Man. We watched a lot of He-Man and we watched a lot of the original, or the, the 1960s yeah. Spider-Man show. And they, honestly, there's nothing more fun to, to watch bad animation in a room full of animators. Yeah. <laughs> like it, like the, the comments were hilarious. There's a clip that just came up in my social media recently that just had me in stitches from the 60s spider-man these two completely stiff versions of uh you know unmoving granite like poses of uh peter parker and i think mary jane talking and they're talking you know in a 60s way boy i sure dig watching you dance mary jane and (laughs) there's a picture of her like go-go dancing and it's like Five seconds of the most frantic dance animation I've ever seen in my life. It moves, yeah, but is it dancing? It, it feels like you're driving along in an old jalopy and then suddenly flooring it. It's just insane pacing. Hilarious. Maybe someone didn't get the message of what the frame rate was in the dance, and they just speed it up. Yeah, yeah, or you know, this is in the these. This was in the day where you had to scan animation, so it was hard to. You had to be quite skilled and quite seasoned before you could tell. Oh, this is going to look good uh, yeah. while you're doing it. Had to be a lot harder to physically scan it, watch it in a movieola, and go, oh, looks bad, start again. Yeah. Also, the the, the frames might have been put in, uh, like, out of order. <laughs> it's just like, ah, it'll be fine. A lot of things that can go wrong. Yeah. Uh, uh, they're not punch cards. It'll work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I imagine then when you went to animation college, it, they, they were still teaching um, traditional by hand flipbook animation. Did yeah. they teach you anything um, about digital animation? Was that 
coming in when you were studying? Um, no, I think I think that was like the year after me, or maybe two years after that they started um, doing that sort of thing. Like, because I just remember first year was basically learn how to in between and then do it a million times, so that you know, and clean up. And um, then in second year we were actually using. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but the machine that takes a photo of each frame and mm-hmm. then puts it on the computer. Yeah. Oh, the ru- roster camera or something? Yeah, I can't remember now. Probably, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to put the um, the timeline in my head. So you you did go to University of Canterbury for something? Yes. What was that for? That was, originally it was for electrical engineering. Okay. But then I abandoned that and went to computer science, computer science and astronomy. As you could see, I still wasn't <laughs> figuring out where I was going. But You're then, trying a few things. Yeah, and at the end of that, I was like, you know what, animation's pretty good. I think I think there might be a future in that. Yeah. I mean, computer science and astronomy, it sounds like a direct path to animation. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, it's the, it's the standard pipeline, really. Yeah. <laughs> It's the standard pipeline to being a starving artist, anyway. <laughs> there you go. And uh, when you got out of animation college, was there work waiting? There was a little bit of work from Muck Putty, mm-hmm. and um, and then uh, from some of my animation on Albino Black Sheep was seen by someone who wanted ads animated, and so he contacted Albino Black Sheep. He contacted me, and then I was basically doing ads for that one guy and his ad company for the next uh, six years or something like that. Oh, that's a nice gig to get. Yeah, it was, it wasn't, like, it was enough that I could pay the bills and that kind of thing, but it was still, like, when's, where's the next job coming yeah, from kind of yeah. thing. Was that all your income? Um, and... The odd music videos? Yeah, like, sometimes yeah. I do this one-off things for other people. Okay, and, but yeah. you were making your way just animating. You didn't have a yeah. day job at stocking shelves or something. No, no. My partner was a student at the time and would sometimes get you know, a, a um, uh, what's it called, a scholarship mm. money, but that wasn't really much. So, yeah, and yeah, so it was just sort of doing a lot of ads and the occasional music video for a long time. So I felt it was time to join a studio after a lot of that. Just mm. when Barefoot Bandits came up, it was kind of a coincidence that Mike Putty were thinking of, um, you know, starting their own series. I didn't really know much about what was happening, but then they said, "Yep, we've got got funding for a TV show. If you want want to jump on board, you can." So, well, that's often the case with anything in the animation industry. Yeah. Right place, right time. Well, I was, I was over in Canada, which wasn't the right place, but, but <laughs> I made it work. <laughs> you, there was no possibility of you staying in Canada and doing the work remotely. It didn't seem like that would be a good idea, but it's possible I could have done that if I'd, if I'd asked, you know, yeah. sure I could have twisted it I around. think the guys were very much wanting to start a studio yeah. that wasn't, so they kind of they picked sort of like t- talent that was around. Yeah, and they um, yeah they said you know there's a place here for you kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, and communication is easier in the room. Yeah, well, it was good because when I started on the first day, it was like, um, so what's what's the muck putty style of animation? And they just said, just see what Keppel does, just do that. <laughs> I was like, okay, there. So Keppel's the bar. <laughs> And then everyone looked at how many layers I was using in a yeah, single like, character. Yeah. Can we do it with less layers? <laughs> so you guys must have started at the exact same time on Bandits. Well, on yeah. Bandits we did. But yes. Like, uh, You've like, been like, doing like some... Saying, Andrew had been working... some pieces for them. Yeah. But in-studio stuff, we all started on the same day. Um, we all came together. And was Like, we went straight into Bandits. Like, uh, like no pre-production or anything like that. It was... The first scene was going to end up in the cartoon. It was... It was cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was real good. Just yeah, hit the ground like running. Episode yeah. two or something, so we didn't put our 
weirdest animation into the in first, the first episode. episode yeah yeah all <laughs> oh, right as time went on you got to yeah. loosen it up a little bit yeah we also sort of picked up on each other how to well, make it. it look like a single show rather yeah. than a when you get used to collab. characters as well and things like that like like um getting used to fridge's proportions and that, yeah. that kind of thing seeing what other people were doing it was yeah, it was a real good studio um, atmosphere actually yeah it sounds fun a bit clubhouse like yeah yeah, sort of word I think so, I've yeah. Heard. yeah yeah um yeah, to the three mucks, it was like a far cry from their basement days. And so they were all in, tucked away in their office right. and the rest of us were out there in the big room. But to us, it was like, you know, a small studio, but also, I guess, well, for me, at least it was like, hey, I'm working with other people who are in the same room as me. And I guess you found uh, jumping into a team for maybe one of the first times or one of the first long term projects pretty seamless. Yeah, remember it being pretty seamless yeah i mean they 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 hire people based on personality so that's no, it no punch-ups uh during the during office no, hours it was, a, it was a laugh the whole thing was like sometimes it was maybe too much of a laugh mm-hmm. really yeah. um, i don't know how there were a few much... arguments about which avenger was the best <laughs> that's about it. yeah i know right um i i know that um because we'd had to, um like background guys were in the room it was carl and jim we're doing boards they were in actually no backgrounds were doing were, were done by uh, each end oh, yeah, that was right. off site but the the storyboards were being done in in the room with us and um they just felt it was just too much star wars talk oh yeah 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 <laughs> are you quite a star wars head yeah i think yeah, you've got you know i think yeah, I've, I've sort of been a bit lax in keeping up on the tv side of it but i've seen all the movies well, that's because in the last like decade they're, they've created more hours of Star Wars content than they had in the previous three or four decades. So, yeah. understandable. Yeah, it's hard to get through it all now. But Star Wars, back in those days, was the Star Trek. It was the problem yeah, well, topic. Th- th- this is the this is before the Disney. Like, there's no Force Awakens at this point. In fact, I think the Force Awakens came out at the end of the first year of the Barefoot Bandit. So right. we were kind of... That's probably why there was so much Star Wars talk, to be honest, because we were excited for... Star Wars getting fixed. We like, like there was still the oh, sort yeah. of like, like uh, yeah. We all watched the prequels again and laughed right. at how bad they were, and then that we got excited so, for the again. New that ones. was so much fun. <laughs> just laughing at the prequels. That's my favorite thing about the prequels, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I actually kind of have, have grown to love them. Uh, I'm still not there. For I all, watched for them all that they are. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Falling asleep. What's happening? Oh, the space. Okay. Oh, they're still <laughs> flogging that dead pony. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's that's interesting. I'm. I'd never thought I've, I've never thought about when I joined Muck Putty in terms of Star Wars using that as my chronometer. <laughs> yeah. It must have been around uh, Last Jedi because I know I was here when um, when I watched the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think with you, I I, I more make the connection with um, Trek. I think Discovery season one was out. Yeah, right. But, right. But was they were sh- it was new. Or something like 20, that. Twenty nineteen was um, Rise of Skywalker, so I might have just joined, right? Uh, and heard uh, me and Mike would have uh, had a few discussions about about the wars. Yeah, the wars. How exactly. are they all going? Well, you know, still going. Got he big, thinks they could be better. They've got a big round thing in space. It shoots planets. You, you've heard my fix for that. Just don't blow up the round thing. The first movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have it be a threat that goes through to the next film. Because watching that. I was like, oh, I know where this is going. Yeah. Big circle. Let me guess. It blows up. Yeah. There There you you go. go. There you go. Um, Getting away from space, um, I wanted to talk about um, Pupper Paleolithic. Oh, yes. Which was, it's, 
it was a, it was a forty eight hour film, the first one. Yeah, and that blew my mind because I think that was the first year that uh, around the first year that I had uh, competed with I Love Loops, yeah. and it was you know a big effort to do it with a team. And then that was during lockdown as well. It was the right the lockdown forty eight. Yeah, and you submit this short done all by yourself, and it's absolutely up to par with anything. It looks like a professional made short. I still can't quite believe that you, you know, I'm, I'm now the person, you know, that the mucks are always talking about going, you didn't make that in 48 hours. Come on now. Yeah. Well, um, it was meant to happen because at the time I'd sort of been on a, a, a kick on YouTube watching paleontology documentaries, um, particularly about prehistoric man rather than dinosaurs at the time because I'd used up all the dinosaur videos. And, you were out of dinosaur uh, content. Yeah. <laughs> and, and um, yeah, I sort of, I hadn't really had an idea of what I would have animated, but I thought, you know, maybe something with a caveman, maybe something with dinosaurs, that kind of thing. And then when I got the um, the genre for it, which was the unwanted guest, I was sort of thinking, oh, well, what if there's like a caveman and there's some sort of domesticated familiar that he can't get rid of kind of thing. And then I threw that idea out because it was my first idea and they said, don't use your first idea. And you know, a couple of hours later, I was like, no, I keep coming back to this caveman thing. I've got to do that. <laughs> I've never found that to be true. Usually, usually my first idea is the idea that I'm going to go with. Right. You know? It's a placeholder, but it's there for a reason. Yeah. You, had you thought of, you'd thought of using a caveman before uh, you got your genre of going into oh, the competition? No, I was just thinking I'd like to animate something prehistoric. So it could be a caveman, it could be a dinosaur, gotcha. be, you know, a trilobite or anything really. Yeah. But it's real funny. The um the the character animation on the grumpy caveman and the uh the dog, the bit that Simon is just watching now where um the dog is trying to scooch closer to the sleeping caveman oh, yeah. and the scooch keeps happening so quickly that they're sliding all around the screen. It's well, great. I love how that starts in that the caveman's wrapped up and, and snoring and the dog's head just comes in on a long neck. Yeah, and the slide whistle noise. Yeah, all right, I've got the sound up, but that's, that's perfect, yes. And you own a dog, so you know how this goes. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. This is one of the things. Because you're a cat guy, and I'm like, yeah. how can a cat person oh, like, well, like represent dogs so well? That dog is based on how my cat behaves. No way, that's yeah. hilarious. You got a dog cat. <laughs> yeah. As me and Matt um, have, have decided, binary thinking it never it never holds any water you know cats are not one way dogs are not all a different way they're not the opposite of each other me and matt play this game where uh we just decide in the moment is something a cat or is it a dog you just have to decide and what oh, yeah, that means to you is your own yeah. yeah but you just go um coca-cola cat or dog i think it's a dog i think it's a dog yeah, yeah. pepsi is a dog. cat pepsi is a cat i'll take that <laughs> are dinosaurs cats or dogs I know the answer. I actually know the answer to this. Do you? Yeah, they're dogs. Is that right? Yeah. Do you remember based that, on that, all that, the movies that, where they make that, them act that, like dogs? That documentary made by uh, Gendy Tartakovsky. Right. With the um, primal. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely. I dogs. mean, that that dinosaur is definitely a dog. They they do say that like in movies, the easiest way to anthropomorphize an animal and make them lovable is just make them act like a dog. Mm. Yeah. You know. Uh, so many horses in Disney movies are just dogs. But I loved how in Tangled. When the horse is sniffing along the ground, it's very much like a horse going. I like Even though that that's horse. a thing that a dog does. Yeah. But it was. It was yeah, I really liked that. I horse. like that horse because he's actually just a cop. Right. Like he's, yeah, yeah, he's a yeah, narc. Yeah. Like yeah. He, he, he goes into the bar and, you know, horses, uh, they walk on four legs. And probably he just uh, 
uses his front two legs to... Uh, he's standing completely. All his weight stays on his back legs. He lifts his arms up and parts the crowd like a person will with their arms. It's great. Yeah, yeah, he's, um, he's good. We do. We should talk a bit about Primal because mm-hmm. I we I feel like we haven't said enough about uh, Pupper Paleolithic. Where does Pupper Paleolithic come in relation to Primal? Is this first? No, I knew about Primal right, before okay. I started making that, and I was aware not to take too yeah, much yeah. from it. But yeah, yeah. You, well, well, that's it. You actually went for the dog. Yeah, I'd right. only seen like a couple of episodes of Primal at the right. time, but I've since caught up. Isn't yeah. it annoying when you make something and you're real proud of it, and then someone else makes something and it's also excellent, but it just happens to sh- uh, bear a bit of resemblance? Oh, like, no, I'll happily share that with Gendy. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, you're in good company, right? <laughs> um, we when we did our 48 hour film, and admittedly, um, what's it called? Disenchanted. Just disenchantment disenchantment yeah. came first mm-hmm. and uh then we were making ours and we're like we got fantasy the genre what if there's a barbarian what if there's what if they have a devil on their shoulder and you know as soon as we started making it we're like well there is a show that does this yeah. what are you gonna do you know yeah, i didn't make that connection when i saw yours at first at least. well there you so, go yeah, it seemed like you know you were sort of more in the D kind of fantasy rather than the game of thrones kind of fantasy yeah, yeah. exactly well there was like a there, there was some sort of idea that it was part of a video game. You could see their health mm-hmm. bars shrinking yeah. and stuff. And uh, the big difference is that you, for Primal and uh, Pupper Paleolithic, is Pupper Paleolithic is so much more funny. Oh yeah, but mm-hmm. Prim- yeah, right. Primal has its moments for sure. But it's like a, it's like a um, Frank Frazetta painting come yeah, to yeah, life. Exactly. Yeah. yeah one, so, of the, but, one of the first comments I got from Pupper Paleolithic was someone said, "It's like Primal if Primal chilled the hell out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, primal is heavy because yeah, it's con- people's lives are constantly under threat from horrible monsters <laughs> yeah. and other cavemen. Pupper Paleolithic, it's a little more chill. There's still quite a bit of blood splatters uh, in an average pupper cartoon. I, yeah, well, you've, you've but that's caveman for you. Yeah, it is. Um, now wait a second. Did the first pupper, the pupper Paleolithic that you made for Forty Eight Hours, did that win? It came third place. Yeah. Third place. Third place all over. Yeah, they didn't do city finals that year. They just did a whole country thing. Oh, right. Because it, it was lockdown. Wow. See, wow. that's probably... That's probably... I, I feel that's a snub. Like, third place for, for that, oh, I, for, you're, you're for right. that film you're right. is but ridiculous. I mean, you know, like, how, like, when it comes to like a, like a piece of art... It's very hard to sort of say this one's better than that one. It, it is. Yeah. It comes to yeah. you, you. There's no way to judge what the what the judges are thinking, why they end up deciding what they decide. And hey, for an animated film to get anywhere near the top spot in the 48 hours is still huge. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, animated films did really well that year. So. Mm. Right, because it was lockdown year. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> no, there was a lot of good experimental stuff happening to get around that limitation, and right. not all of it was animated either. So. Mm. Right. Right. Um, now you've gone on to do your hope. You are working on more Pupper Paleolithic. You've released yeah. episode two, and I imagine episode three's yeah. in was, the works. Well, episode two kind of is episode three because there's the forty-eight hours one, then there's episode one, and then, and then there's episode two. Am I wrong? Have I have I missed a whole episode? There's, I thought, yeah. I thought in rewatching them, I had watched both of them, and there were two, but there's actually three. Yeah, I'm sort of going with the half-life convention of naming where there's the title and then episode one and then episode right, two. Right, right, right. It's the episode zero. It's yeah. the pilot <laughs> that people kind of count. Well, fantastic. So there's, there's... And episode three is like written in my head. I just need to put it into a storyboard because there's no dialogue. Yeah. And then get to animating, but I've been quite busy lately. So. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how anyone, um, you know, be, it's hard to find time just to do like a bit of artwork or something, but for an entire animated short of the quality of the standard that Pupper Paleolithic meets every time, how do you do it? Are you just going home and, uh, yes... <laughs> 
Hello, hello, dear. Hello, cat. Anyway, back to animation. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and at the moment, I am working on another animation before I get onto this one that I want oh, to get wow. out of the way because it's been under production for a while, which mm-hmm. is another Simpsons parody. Nice. Yeah, yeah, using the same voice actor as I used for my last one, Jaden LeBron, who does excellent Simpsons impersonations. I was and, very, very impressed. And um, yeah, we... Um, the one, the first one that you've done, and it's out there on your YouTube channel, is "Who Shot Mr. Burns?" Yeah. Uh, the alternate ending. Yeah. I was surprised you didn't call it um, the the killing spree ending. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. The um, it's 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 made for Simpsons fans because yeah. it's making references to like deep cut stuff that people may or may not remember. That I'm going to spoil the jokes. It turns out that Mr. Burns has been replaced with Mr. Mr. Snrub. Yeah, nobody there's a, shot yeah. Mr. Burns. <laughs> there's, a, there's an episode where, um, I don't think it's from the same episode, but uh, Mr. Burns shows up at the town hall wearing a mustache, trying to make some suggestion uh, yeah. to benefit himself. That was the monorail episode. I think. Right, right. Yeah. And he's uh, he says, I'm Mr. Snrub. Yes, that'll do. <laughs> and um, his, accompl- his accomplice in your video is um, is African-American Smithers. That's right, from the original that's season. That's right, yeah. <laughs> For yeah. just a couple episodes, he had light blue hair and uh, brown skin before they decided, no, he's yellow. Yeah, the so- other character that they've gone back and forth like a million times on that is uh, Judge Roy Schneider. Yeah. Schneider? yeah. They just so, can't make up their minds. Sometimes no. <laughs> he's yellow, sometimes he's brown. And then there's people like Dr. Colossus who are just sort of blue-green. They're just green. I have not, I do know that they've said that there's a rule now that um, the characters who were originally designed with blue hair and weird things like that, they get grandfathered in. New characters can't have that. Mm. New characters just don't have uh, blue hair, which I think is a shame. I like importing Matt Groening's weird style from the yeah. comics directly into the show. You ever notice... Um, Whenever they have someone, um, uh, you know, a famous person on the show, you can tell who's the famous person. You can pick them out of the crowd because there's a lot more lines. Yes. They have a chin, which the just eyes does not belong. giant globes. The, yeah. yeah. The eye-shaped. Um, well, I want to talk about The Simpsons because you know I'm a big Simpsons fan, Simon. I'm yes. wearing my yeah. Talking Simpsons uh, shirt and the yeah. style of Ion Springfield, which is always a real... Um, it's a real trick in that show. You watch the entire Simpsons theme song, then Kent Brockman goes, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is Zion Springfield. And you watch another 30 <laughs> seconds of theme song. Um, Talking Simpsons is a podcast I listen to weekly. I've always been a big Simpsons fan. Now I feel like I, through exposure, have become even more so. You were having a conversation uh, with Kurt moments before uh, we started recording this. And in those few moments, I was thinking of Simpsons episodes. You were talking about people not getting the prizes that they win from contests. I was thinking about the Stampy episode of The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Where's my elephant? <laughs> They're playing the elephant oh, that's song. Right. Yeah, that's oh, right. I love that song. It reminds then, me of elephants. And then you were asking uh, Kurt, like, oh, your dad worked at the Pepsi factory. Did he make Pepsi? And I thought of uh, Marge saying, I made homemade Pepsi. That's a little <laughs> thick, but the price is right. <laughs> well, it's that thing. Like, a- anything you can think of, Simpsons did it first. They have a perfect right? quote yeah. for it. No matter the situation. Uh, do you use Frankiac as much as I do? Yeah, it's Wh- one of my book, one of my tabs. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the website where I th- I don't know if they have every episode up to the the current season, which has got to be like thirty two. Yeah, it stops around the movie, I think. Okay, okay, go. but you can search any word or phrase, and it will bring up. Here's all the times that they mentioned, you know, no way. the word cromulent or something. It's real useful for for memes because Andrew's quite a big memer himself. Um, I'd say like. Him and Doug are the studio studio meme meisters. Yeah, yeah. I've been memeing since before they were called memes. That was just like funny pictures. Yeah, back in the 
before you're the man now dog came along and then called the memes and i think that i think they were the ones that took that term and turned it into the oh, internet right. meme thing and i know that the big thing with uh simpsons memes at the moment is because we all simpsons fans know the show backwards and forwards you know frankie acts a nice resource but we know the shows <laughs> um people will take jokes and combine them with other jokes to create new ones mm -hmm. just mashing up different moments to create new jokes yeah. it's we're 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 now at the inbreeding stage of simpsons jokes <laughs> yeah when i first saw that phenomenon i thought it was kind of like people are gaslighting each other about whether that was a single episode or not <laughs> right right so when did you get into uh simpsons was it something you saw as a kid because i know that you know, when it started out, it was considered a little bit of a, a raunchy show that kids should not be watching. Yep, and because it was a cartoon, that gave it a double extra cross yeah, next oh, to it. Yeah. But um, my parents did come around to it, actually, and it sort of became one of those shows that we watched as a family, huh. eventually. So i, I got to yeah. say, Simpsons was that cartoon that, like, did bring families together. Like, before The Simpsons, cartoons were very, especially on TV, yeah. very much for kids. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah. um, maybe people watch The Flintstones as a family. I don't know. The no. Flintstones, yeah. it, got, maybe. It, it got called the first, you know, um, animated sitcom. I guess that's true. It was in the mode of a sitcom, but it was still like completely, completely safe for kids to watch. I, I think so. And, and I think aimed at kids. And I, they kind of say, well, when Simpsons came out, we thought, oh, this is aimed at kids because it's a cartoon. But the humor was just a little bit more sophisticated. Yeah. And, and grown-ups started to see it and kind of go, ah, there's something and else going willing, on And willing to get more blue. I've heard on the commentaries that, like, the writers would have friends complain going, hey, thanks for teaching my kid the word damn. Because Barbara <laughs> oh, right, will okay. stop saying it. Goodness me. <laughs> it is funny. The show's sort of gotten... It's like it's gotten more and more safe over time. It's like it was radioactive yeah. when it started oh, yeah. and the half-life has dropped off. Because now when I see it on TV, it's rated G. Which yeah. I think might be like... I was like any animated movie that comes into uh, cinemas, you know, aimed at kids, it's still PG. Mm. How is The Simpsons G? Like, they're doing, I don't know, yeah. adult episodes about things. There's one where Homer smokes a weed. There you go. <laughs> that's all That's all fine now, isn't it? That, apparently yeah. so. Speaking of uh, your uh, your takes on, you know, classic Simpsons bits, you have a great comic uh, playing off of Poochie having returned to his home planet. Oh, Oh, yeah, that's right. My Poochie fan fiction. Yeah. That explains the other side of the story when they do that badly animated cell moving up to go to his home planet. I mm. just sort of elaborated onto that where Poochie does go back to his home planet, but there's a malfunction in the teleporter and all the people back on the cool surfer dog world scramble to try and save him, but they can't. <laughs> that's a Star Trek gag. If yeah, that's one. exactly. Yeah. Dude, what we got back didn't live long, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to ask, where are you with The Simpsons now? Are you are you someone who firmly sticks with the classic stuff? Do you ever dip your toe into what's being made at the yep. moment? I've still been watching The Simpsons basically, you know, the whole time. Like, you, did you ever take a break? Um, well, to begin with, in the first year of The Simpsons, like, it wasn't really, I don't think I was allowed to watch it anyway, but I did, um, when, you know, I'd be around at a friend's house and watch it sort of after about a year, so I tuned in at, like, season two, I guess, and... Then, oh yeah, I remember my parents let me record The Simpsons one time to watch later when I was out at uh, Cubs or Scouts or something like that. So that was a big change in their opinion of animation that is lodged in my memory. Um, I, I guess for your parents, it's like, look, this this filmation stuff, it's just crude filler material. Yeah. The Simpsons show actually, you know, yeah. it's it's a bit it's a bit raunchy, but it's it like you say, it is sophisticated. It has something to say. It's got a point of view. Yeah. 
it's it's worth watching. Yeah, it's something I, anyone, everyone can enjoy. Yeah, exactly. It is something for everyone. I remember when I was real young, me and my sister would run to the couch, just like the <laughs> characters in the show, because we wanted to see the couch gag, because we were so young that that's like, that was our favorite bit. I remember only sort of being able to understand the stories at the level of like, Homer is scared of Mr. Burns. You know? <laughs> it was many, many years afterwards right. before I started picking up on the trenchant social commentary. <laughs> right. I, I definitely dropped off... Um, uh, you know, I've been because Disney Plus. Um, I think Disney Plus got quite lucky starting when it did. I think it was just before lockdown happened, and everyone was going back and watching The Simpsons oh, yeah. because they got every season of it. There's, like I say, I believe there's 32, if not 33, seasons of it now, and it's remained the highest uh, watched show, at least according to Disney reporting, uh, pretty much since the uh, since the no streaming way. service started. Still. Well, it's just endlessly rewatchable, and there is yeah. so much of it. Right. And I think a lot of us went back and were like, well, I've got a lot of time on my hands. Let's watch this thing from the beginning. I still find going up through the teen seasons, I'm still getting a lot out of it. Um, the stuff that was new when I was um, watching it, you know, new episodes coming in was like season 14, 15. Okay. And me and some of my friends at school were definitely of the mindset of, it's still good. It's still good. <laughs> yeah, well, there was about the time that Futurama came out, I was flatting and didn't always have a TV, so mm. I didn't always catch The Simpsons and then... Like, I just stopped making an effort to watch it around that time. But I did make more of an effort to watch Futurama. Yeah. But I came back and, you know, watched a few more of the episodes around about, like, season 14, 13, that kind of thing, and was like, wow, this show has changed. I don't I don't know, man. Yeah. But I just kept watching it anyway and stuck with it. The movie came out. That got me excited. It was a good movie. You know, there were some... It was, it was good as a movie and also as a Simpsons episode that was really long. Like, it mm. sort of managed to do both. Now, I'm going to use... I'm going to take up some time on the show to offer you my uh, my Simpsons movie fan fiction. The two problems I kind of had with the movie, in hindsight, at the time, I was just like, The Simpsons, big? <laughs> yeah. um, for one thing, they seem real gun-shy about using um, established characters and sort of deep cuts. Like, they do a big cr- crowd shot of everybody, but things like... Moe's Bar doesn't just say Moe's as it does in the show. It says Moe's Bar so that everyone in the audience knows, oh, that's a bar. Right. Um, I think the most uh, obvious example was the fact that they changed uh, Rainier Wolfcastle, uh, who is like an amalgam of um, 80s action heroes like Stallone, obviously Schwarzenegger. uh, But he was an original character for their show. He was a composite. For the movie, they're like, people aren't going to know who Wolfcastle is. Let's just make him Schwarzenegger. I don't know why you have this lack of faith that people coming to see The Simpsons movie are not going to know The Simpsons. That's very true. Um, the other thing... Well, at the time, like, Schwarzenegger was known in politics, and I think they were just extrapolating from that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. could be president kind of thing. But who's gone to The Simpsons that, who has, hasn't seen the show? Yeah. The other thing is, I don't think the villain of The Simpsons movie, uh, Russ Cargill, is very is particularly strong or charismatic. Um, Albert Brooks, always fun. There's times when it just seems like he is doing Hank Scorpio, but I'd he- I've heard from a few people that he asked, you know, I don't want to repeat a character. And to be fair, I think that's a smart move because um, Hank Scorpio is a good one-off character, the um, the James Bond villain, but who really cares about his employees and their safety. That's great. But if you bring him back and he's actually the bad guy, right. well, he's just a supervillain then. Yeah. Um, it was a constant topic of discussion on the schoolyard when the movie was announced. Like, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Mr. Burns? Is it going to be Sideshow Bob? My argument is 
Both of them have kind of had their supervillain moment. Uh, who shot Mr. Burns, where he blocks out the town's son and everyone is out to get him. Yeah, where he crosses the line from regular villainy into cartoonish supervillain. Super <laughs> and Sideshow Bob's come back, you know, six or seven times. Mm-hmm. When you get to the point where he's threatening to drop a nuclear bomb on the town, you're like, <laughs> this guy has crossed the line to cartoonish yeah, supervillain. Yeah, that's my favorite uh, Sideshow Bob episode, the one where he's got the nukes in the airbase. It's it's a it's a goodie. Um, I think that the villain of the movie that can solve a lot of can solve both of those problems at once is you have uh, as your as your big bad of the movie, President Artie Ziff. Uh, for listeners that's uh, who might not know the Simpsons backwards and forwards, that was Marge's um, date to the prom that she went with instead of Homer, and he got a little handsy. And I'm gonna guess it's John Lovitz voicing. It's, it's John Lovitz. <laughs> You're always getting your money's worth with a John Lovitz performance. He's come back in a few episodes um, in the 2000s. He was a internet billionaire until the dot-com bubbles burst, and then he uh, went to uh, jail for securities fraud. So I can see a joke where um, you're seeing one of his political ads, and he's like, I went to prison, and it was one of the most horrible, humiliating, awful periods of my life, and I want to make it harder and worse so that people will come out and be just as successful as me, (laughs) Artie Ziff for president. Um, you could even do that joke that they do every time Sideshow Bob comes back. Homer doesn't remember who he is. He goes, Dad, you remember. And they have to explain all the things that has happened with this character. Um, he's the president. Uh, he's still in love with Marge. That's why he's doing this. He's using the the, uh, the Lake Springfield thing as a reason to bubble the city. But as an act of um, presidential mercy, he's pardoning one family. Marge Simpson, uh, you and the family are coming with me. And uh, the family goes to the White House. I think that The Simpsons Go to the White House is much more of a movie-level idea than The Simpsons Go to Alaska. Uh, that could just be an episode. Yeah. They go to Alaska. It doesn't feel heightened enough. Yeah. The, well, I always thought that was the problem with the movie is that they left Springfield, mm. right? And it's like you say, it, it means they couldn't get all the deep-cut Simpsons humor in there. And yeah, I have no problem with them going to Alaska. It was a good story, but probably just good enough for a, an episode. It kind of pays off a long-going sort of rivalry with the White House. When the show was new and everyone was worried about it, you know, corrupting America's youth, which they do with every new thing that's popular, um, George Bush Sr., uh, had this famous quote where he said, we want more families like the Waltons and less like the Simpsons. Right. Which right. in the show, they have Barton Homer watching that and they go, we're just like the Waltons. We're praying for an end to the depression too. <laughs> so having the Simpsons go to the White House and move in, I think would be fun. Um, middle of the movie, I think Homer um, discovers a document or something that proves what, uh, what uh, President Ziff is actually up to. But I think the gag can be like, he picks up a, you know, a big heavy dossier He's like, oh, I'm not reading that. And he goes into a couple other rooms and discovers more and more incriminating stuff until he's just in a room where, like, my plan, <laughs> Dome Springfield, Mary Marge. And I'm trying to figure out, uh, he either gets uh, black bagged and put back in the dome and he's trying to break back out. Or, this is 2007, maybe he gets sent to Guantanamo Bay right. and he's trying to break out of there, you know, put him at his lowest point. At some point, Marge discovers um, what he's up to. Um, she gets put back in the city. And that's kind of why I like the idea of Homer being put in the dome. He spends like 20 minutes of the movie trying to break out. As soon as he does, Marge and the family are put back in. He has to get back in. Sees <laughs> so them on the other side or something. And then most of the movie plays out the same. You know, um, to cover up what he's done, President Ziff is going to blow up uh, Springfield inside the dome. They stop him. And Marge basically says, um, 
we're gonna blow the whistle on you and then we'll see how things turn out for you come November. And cut to Camp Brockman. And Artie Ziff is back in a landslide. The voters love his tough-on-crime stunts. And domes are being trialed across troubled neighborhoods across America. Bit of that black, uh, cynical American political humor. Well, Simpsons 2. Return of the Dome. And at the time, I thought, they're not going to do a second one. Because, you know, one movie's enough. They had to take time off the show to make it. But Disney's made. uh, Disney's bought The Simpsons. They want to get their money's worth. And as I said, it's still the top performing show on their network, uh, on their streaming service, at least according to them. I'm, I, it could be Why in the would works. they lie about that? Because, I mean, surely they'd want it to be one of their shows that they're making, like Mandalorian or something like that. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, so I, I reckon it's true. It could be coming down the pipe. Yeah, um, it's different if it's animated, the different you know, amount of time you can get something out. Sure, sure. Oh, the the one thing I have seen of... Like I'm, I'm also sort of an agnostic about New Simpsons. I I like a few of them. I really liked the Treehouse of Horror they did this year with the um, uh, it was a Babadook parody, a Death Note parody, and uh, a Westworld parody. Oh yeah, the Westworld parody was really funny because yeah. the idea that was is written that for us, wasn't it? It was <laughs> where fans can go into um, a simulated Springfield and act out their favorite parts of classic episodes. And they even animated it in the same style. Like when it started playing, it's just a scene from uh, the monorail episode. And I was like, are they just playing a, playing an animated clip? But no, people show up and they're going, hey, do the bit, do the meme of you going into the bushes. Oh, wow. So there's some really good stuff. Um, the stuff that I'm not loving from New Simpsons is, uh, have you watched the shorts that they've been doing? Uh, oh, yeah. Like, the, yeah. they did a Disney Princess a... short. They did a Star Wars short. It's all promoting <laughs> other Disney properties. And we were watching uh, the Loki show when it was new here at Muck Buddy. And after we watched the last episode, it's like, oh, there's a Simpsons short with uh, with the Marvel characters. Let's watch this. This will be a laugh. And uh, in sort of the two minutes of runtime, the room was cleared. <laughs> Diego just walked out going, I-, I can't do it. I just can't do this. This is just references. And hey, look at this great new show that Disney's making. Yeah, when I saw the one they did where it was Homer and, fam- and family hanging out with Disney characters at Moe's, I thought that was leading up to some sort of meta joke about exploitation of properties or something. But nope, they were genuinely just doing that. Right. Yeah, yeah. I've got to say, I, I do kind of wish... I, I need them at this point to stop doing jokes about, hey, we're owned by Disney. Isn't that funny? It's like, it's the state of things. Yeah. <laughs> we're making our peace with it. Have you ever devoted much time to sort of the adjacent Simpsons shows like um, The Critic with Mr. John Lovitz? Uh, not really. I didn't really get into that one, I I've seen like clips of it around on the internet, but I will say yeah. I've I did you know it's only I think it's only two seasons. They're not that long. Yeah. It is uh, Gene and Reese who ran um, some of the best uh, seasons of The Simpsons, but yeah. there's a reason it didn't have the same legs. Uh, yeah, I sort of remember it being on TV, but it was at a weird time or something. Yeah. And I didn't always. Yeah, it was one of them shows they didn't know if it was for kids or for adults because yeah. they thought it was for kids because it was a animated, but it was more adult humor. And it was Disney. It was um, on their ABC network. So, funnily enough, that's all been rolled uh, in together. Gene and Reese said that they really didn't like working for Disney at the time. And, uh, well, they're back so, at it again. Wait a second. If if the critic is owned by Disney, why is it like why has it disappeared? How can you can't just, like, watch it on Disney Plus? I don't know, to be honest. Um, I don't know if there's... If, if maybe there were some rights owned by somebody, some other, um, right. some other party. But as far as I know, it was just an ABC production. Disney doesn't have... 
everything that they own available on Disney Plus. Yeah. For some reason, they've got every single one of their awful live action '60s movies. You know, if you want to watch, uh, the cut from outer space, the cut from outer space, the computer <laughs> wore yeah, tennis shoes, yeah. the boat nicks. That's all right there for you. But there's lots of their Saturday morning stuff, like Disney's Aladdin cartoon, which is pretty fun and has most of the voice actors, save uh, Robin Williams, and they get Dan Castellaneta. Who does run. a real good job, I thought. He does a he does as good and as good a job as anyone can do. Yeah. Yeah, he's not Rob. Well, you you know, you already know it's not going to be Robin Williams, but yeah. he sounds a little bit like him. He's all right. Yeah, he does just fine. He does better work in other shows. Sure. Um, you so can maybe the critic roasted too many Disney movies, and now they've got him. They can lock him up. <laughs> no yeah. one ever sees him again. Um, you can find all of those. I'm pretty sure you can find all of them on YouTube. Like, I yeah. think I think Disney just has no interest, so little interest that they're not even policing people uploading them onto YouTube. Yeah. Uh, the other show that I do really like, because I agree, The Critic, it has some good gags, but it's just the characters don't um, really leap off the page. Um, I know he's got, like, an Australian friend uh, who seems to serve no purpose. He's a famous movie star from Australia, I guess because we had a few of those, like Mel Gibson and whatnot in the 90s, but... It, it doesn't it doesn't uh, mm. spark much excitement. Mission Hill, uh, created by oh, okay. Josh Oakley and Bill Weinstein, who I think they were running season seven and eight of The Simpsons, which is really cream of the crop Simpsons. Um, yeah, yeah, I've heard a lot about that show, but I haven't seen. I think I've seen one episode. Once again, all on all on YouTube. Yep. It's it's a really beautiful show. Uh, the backgrounds are all sort of neon colors, yeah. and there's they they use a lot of sort of cartoon um, effects, like when characters. It's a, it's a fairly grounded show, but they will do things like when characters are looking at each other from across the room, they'll have, you know, the dotted lines, oh, or right. they'll have storm clouds appear over people's heads. Um, when people get into a bus stop, it is just, you know, a Popeye-style dust <laughs> cloud and stuff. But a really funny show, only ran for one season, um, and I know that they're trying to uh, bring it back. I yeah. think they were talking about uh, reorienting it to be about the, uh, the gay couple who live in the apartment above... Um, the, the main characters. Very funny. One of them is voiced by uh, Tom Kenny. The other one's really gruff. The episode I always remember is like, the gruff one works at like a, um, at a, um, a, a meat deli. And he comes home one day with just a butcher's knife sticking out of his head. And the Tom Kenny one is begging him to get it looked at. He's like, ah, it's fine. Don't, don't, don't fuss so much. Um, really fun characters. It was, a I think, a chance for them to, um, I think they were excited to do it. Same with Futurama. They were like, uh, the Simpsons is about middle-aged married people and about grade school children. Futurama and Mission Hill are both about uh, young adults, um, unattached, childless. Just a different area for them. That is also all available on YouTube for free for yep. anyone to watch. Um, and also Bob's Burgers. I still haven't got around to watching that. The, the art style, I have to admit, kind of puts me off. I'm the same way. Yep. It, it was it was a, it was a case of me. Um, I, I made my peace with how it looks. Yeah, I'm going to get around to watching it someday because everyone says it's good. So, I absolutely yeah. love Bob's Burgers. It's my favorite cartoon to come out in a long time. Like, like kind of like sitcom cartoon. Um, there's a real funny thing about it. There's a character in it who's a dentist. And there's also, uh, in the movie, the little girl loses a tooth. But none of the characters in Bob's Burgers have any teeth. Right when you look at him, there's no teeth in Bob's Burgers. It's just it's such a strange decision to make, but kind of makes him look funny. I guess you're right. I haven't really thought about it. When they make like a chuss sound, you don't see any teeth. No like, teeth. No gr- teeth. Even when they smile, they never do a, a, t- a toothy grin. Yeah, that's why like I that. always thought the art style looked like someone was drawing Muppets in their school textbook. I know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, they sort of have that overbite, and their nose hangs yeah. over their mouth. No the chin, that... just a neck that goes straight mm. down. Yeah. 
Uh, Bob's Burgers, it's, it's like great for music. There's mm-hmm. a lot of songs. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Even in the episodes, like, like so if you like and musicals and stuff the, like the, that. I think the real inspired thing that they did was like, after The Simpsons, Futurama, sadly, even though I really loved it, never quite took off. Um, I think there was a change in who was running Fox at the time. and um, yeah, they just, yeah, there was a lot of screwing around with publicizing it and all that kind of thing. You'd think. Like, yeah. it's the it's the new Matt Groening show. You're yeah, going to put yeah. it on immediately after The Simpsons. It's a perfect lead-in. But they moved it. They kept putting it after football and changing what day of the week it's on. And it just kind of spelled death for the show. And sadly, the show that, um, that did take off was Family Guy, which is... <laughs> The Simpsons, but meaner and less design, you know? It's mm-hmm. like if you removed all the interesting design elements, the yellow skin, the overbites, and just had these beige, generic-looking, blobby humanoids, you end up with Family Guy, and that sort of set the tone. What I like about Bob's Burgers, at least from a writing and character point of view, is it's a lot nicer. The uh, The family all really do like each other, even though, you know, they don't all... Uh, there's always all, conflict, right? There's conflict, of yeah. course. They, they all drive each other up the wall. Um... But the fun part is that um, usually on TV shows, the dad is Captain Wacky and mom is the scold telling them not to do stuff. Uh, Linda is the crazy one. The mom on Bob's Burgers is the crazy one. And Bob is like the very boring, tired one who just wants things to uh, go normal. Yeah. She's off the wall. It's really good. Yeah. Real fun. There's a lovely soundbite of him just saying the names of his chi- of his kids like Gene, you know, all his kids. Louise. Whenever, whenever, he's like, got the same sound in each time. Whenever they say something that's like inappropriate or they shouldn't, that's how he yeah. tells them why. He just goes, Louise. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a game that I wanted to play. Re- cool. to- I was going to say one more show yeah. related to The Simpsons. I think that it has a writer in common with The Simpsons was hmm. Duncanville. Yes, yes, that's yeah. one of the new Fox lineup shows. I, yeah. I think I heard it just recently ended. Okay. I, I also didn't give it um, probably enough time a day, and I think yeah. that's probably what causes the death of a lot of uh, early deaths of a lot of shows is they don't give it time to grow you know unless it's a big hit out of the box they just go oh well yeah um yeah i haven't it does have a writer uh in common i think supervising producer speaking of we we talked about it earlier disenchantment uh have you watched that are you enjoying it yeah i'm up to date on that one yeah i it's fine as a an ongoing like what's the next episode thing, but it kind of all turns into one big long story rather than separate episodes. Yeah, I'm finding like, that's kind of. I can't look of... back and say, oh, I like that episode. It's just sort of I like that part of the story kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of reminding me of um, when Futurama did their direct-to-video films, which were yeah. secretly just four episodes yeah. that they could easily split up. I think on Disney Plus, those direct-to-video films are just they make up their own season. Um, and I just don't think it's playing to their strengths, uh, telling one long, ongoing story. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite show in the world. It looks great. I, I, I think I said on Twitter, I think maybe the half-hour format uh, sort of hurts them. Like, 22 minutes, you really have to be punchy and quick, and after a after a joke, you cut to the next scene. Whereas in a half-hour, there'll be bits where, like, Elfo will say something funny, but then you will follow him as he walks all the way out of the scene and behind a door. You know, like, that should have been a cut. Yeah. Um, I are they doing more of that? Is there another season coming? I haven't heard that it was being stopped, so it must it must yeah. be doing well because I think uh, it's one of the few animated things on Netflix that they haven't uh, chopped off at the neck. Yeah. Um, I have a Simpsons game that I want to play. Yeah. Um, you're happy Bart to referee? The space um, mutants. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm definitely going to referee it because even in this talk alone, there's been characters named. I'm like, who the hell? So, so I, I don't think I'd I offer much competition in this game. This is a game that me and my high school chums uh, played together uh, to kill time and make something with our uh, mountains and mountains of useless Simpsons knowledge. Um, the game is very simple. All you have to do is name a Simpsons character, and then the next person names a Simpsons character. And you're going to go back and forth until you can't name one quick anymore. Fi- quick fire, right? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> and uh, I, don't worry, I'm narrowing this down with a few few rules. The character must have a given name. Mm. So the blue-haired lawyer is out, okay. for instance. Uh, you can give... it has. To, you have to give part of the name. It can be just Otto, or it could be Mrs. Krabappel. As long as you've got part of a given name, they must have at least one spoken line. They must have a voice. Um, they must have made more than one on-screen appearance. So I think... I guess Hank Scorpio has appeared like in the background, probably. Oh, I mean, more than right? one episode. Yes, yep. they have to have a, they have to have Ooh. appeared on screen oh, once. Oh, okay, I didn't know about that rule. Uh, also, characters can't be a celebrity playing themselves. So you know, James Woods is not a character; uh, he's a famous person, uh, and they can't be fictional characters within the world. So going back to uh, Rainier Wolfcastle. That's a person you could name. You couldn't name McVeigh or Itchy and Scratchy or, and Scratchy or something like that. Oh, and. Just an important rule that we discovered in playing the game as kids, you can only name Snowball once. Because there are more than one Snowball the yeah, cat, and true. just just for sanity's sake. But they right. don't appear in more than one episode, most of them, do they? No, I, I think that um I think Snowball One is the original White Cat. Snowball two is the one they have throughout the series. Um after Snowball One died, they replaced it with this cat because oh, it looks like a soot covered snowball. We'll call it Snowball Two. Yeah. And there's an episode in the teen seasons where um the cat dies, and Lisa tries and replace it several more times with Snowball 3, 4, 5. And then at the end, she discovers a cat that looks exactly like their original Snowball 2. So she goes, let's just pretend this never happened. You're Snowball 2. Right. And there's a great meta joke. Um, Principal Skinner shows up and goes, isn't that a bit of a cheat? And she says, I guess you're right, Armin Tamzarian. From that famous episode uh, where you discover that Seymour Skinner uh, is not his real name. He stole that identity from his army commander. Yeah. Small sidebar. Me and me and Mike have a big disagreement over that episode. Oh, of course. The, the conventional wisdom about that episode, you know, all the fans seem to agree, oh, that's a horrible episode. That was the turning point for The Simpsons. That's when they started betraying their own history, as if, you know, the show doesn't no, always have a rubber reality. No, my, my opinion on that is that if The Simpsons had 10 years running and stopped, that episode would be remembered as them being at the peak, at the top of their game. That's the it thing. It was just that it, the show kept going, that they see that as where it started to turn. Yeah. But it was actually a really, you know, decent episode. It doesn't change that he's still a funny, straight-laced wiener throughout yeah. the rest of the series. <laughs> exactly. If anything, it makes his super sycophantic relationship with Agnes even funnier because that's not his real mom. <laughs> that's just some lady he moved in with. And he lets her tell her what to do, bathe him. <laughs> it's perverse. I think it's a good episode. Um, okay. Uh also, to, to keep the game moving along so we don't have a lot of dead air, we're going to have 10 seconds uh, for you to think Here, of a character. Here's what's going to happen. If I if I detect uh, like a, a break that you, you, you're not going to get it, um, I'm going to... I have this little prop here. Oh. This is a, is a five-second egg timer. Okay. <laughs> All right? This time starts when you hear this noise. Right? Then you've got five seconds <laughs> until... 
All the little wow. balls go down to the end. Bravo, it even right? makes a sound. Yeah, the meow. That's, that's when you know you've only got five seconds left. I used to have a friend who could do a really good impression of one of those. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Funny sound. Okay. All right. Um, I'm so happy. no hesitation or you get that. It's it's rapid fire. Yeah. I will give you my technique is I like to like sort of move through groups, you know, so I'll do, okay, now I'm going to name all the Flanderses as I can think of. Oh. Then I'll try and do school people and that sort of thing. Okay. So it's going to be interesting. Um, are we ready? Yeah, let's do it. And how do you feel about it, Andrew? You feel confident? Yeah, if I screw this up, they'll kick me out of the Simpsons groups okay. on Facebook. All right, all right. <laughs> Big stakes. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm ready to start us off. Okay. Um, Homer J. Simpson. Abe Simpson. Lisa Marie Simpson. Bleeding Gums Murphy. Marge Mo, Simpson. Mo Sislak. Uh Bartholomew Jojo Simpson. Hans Molman. Santa's Little Helper. Uh, Mrs. Krabappel. Uh Snowball. Principal Skinner. Mona Simpson. Uh, Mrs. Glick. Herb Powell. Uh, Mr. Burns. Um, Selma Bouvier. Waylon Smithers. Patty Bouvier. Carl Carlson. Um, Jacqueline Bouvier. Lenny Leonard. Ned Flanders. Barney Gumble. Maud Flanders. Uh, Lisa Simpson? I've named Lisa. Oh, you have. Uh, um, I'm doing Flanders. Uh... I, I and that's it. <laughs> Five seconds. <laughs> Do you want to call it a practice round? Let's call that a practice round. Okay. Um, yeah. I guess I, I'll name a new character to get it going again. Someone sure. who hasn't been named before. I'm yeah. gonna. I'll tell you what. I'll we'll forego the ones that we've named already. They're gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. go through the Simpsons yeah, yeah, again. Yeah. 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 No, I, I'm sure listeners might point out that maybe we're gonna name a character <laughs> yeah. again. Otto. Have we mentioned Otto? We haven't mentioned Otto. There you go. I'm starting the ball with Otto. Otto. Um. Superintendent Chalmers. Uh, Jasper Beardley. Uh, Vice Comptroller Atkins. Um, uh, Miss Hoover. Um, oh, I'm forgetting his name. Leopold. Uh, Professor Frink. Um, Nelson Muntz. Uh, Wendell. Wendell, that's a good one. Lewis. Janie. Martin Prince. Terry. Uh, Sherry. <laughs> uh, Kent Brockman. Ralph Wiggum. Troy McClure. Uh, groundskeeper Willie. Lionel Hutz. Dolph. Kearney. Uh, Jimbo. Um, oh... We're done. And we're out. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> does um, comic book store guy count? Because you he know doesn't what? have a name, but yeah, he does it's Jeff. It's Jeff oh, Albertson. Jeff. Oh, right. Okay. At some point, they named him. I think in the show, he now has like he has a, a Japanese wife. Right. He got married at some stage. Hmm. Uh, I did. I I didn't. I semi cheated because I wanted to check. Did those characters that are just known by monikers like comic book guy like nobody knows Jeff Albertson? And same with a uh, squeaky voice teen. Apparently. He's called Jeremy. 
Oh. I didn't know this. I thought there were lots of different squeaky voice teens that just kind of looked similar. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought they, it was a joke about teenagers or something. They just all look and sound the same. Yeah. I know that um, the, the sea captain in his first appearance... Uh, um, captain McAllister. Yeah, yeah, that he has a name on his, like, fish restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was fun. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I'm amazed. And I, and I don't think it's any... Uh, you know, they say that test-taking is in itself a skill. You know, I don't think it reflects at all on, um, on Andrew's encyclopedic Simpsons knowledge <laughs> yeah. that in five seconds he couldn't come up I with know. his 90th original character. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. The one that I always held on to break glass in case of emergency when I played this as a kid was uh, Blinky the fish, the three-eyed fish. Oh, right, yeah. His name's Blinky. And actually, did you mention Carl? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, he was one of my favorite characters. <laughs> like, he comes in in, like, episode two, I think, or maybe three. Very early and, and they never bring him back again. I think he shot, he's in a background in one episode. Who, who do you mean? Carl. Carl. Remember, um, uh, Homer had an assistant. Homer oh, yeah, Carl with a K. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Is um, he the one with the glasses? No, he doesn't wear glasses. He's, oh, he's oh, very oh. tall and very Wait. handsome. And he's, he's voiced by Harvey Firestein. Harvey Firestein, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and he shows yeah. up in the background of, a, of the monorail episode, I think. I think that's right, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. But they I were, always thought that he should have come back again. He was so good. They were going to bring him back for um, an episode called Three Gays of the Condo, where Homer and Marge break up and he moves in with these gay guys, one of them voiced by Hank Azaria, doing his... Uh, gay latino accent that he ah, does from the bird cage, from the bird yeah, cage exactly yeah. master of accents that hank Zaria. he loves them <laughs> but i think he said that he didn't he didn't uh come back because he said you're not really uh he said he missed like you know the the commentary and the poignancy of earlier episodes he's like this is just a bunch of funny gay uh place names in this uh i don't know what they call it little little san francisco or something in springfield <laughs> but it's amazing uh, how long the show has run and how much history they have accrued. Yeah. I, I was look yesterday at the, um, we had a little work picnic. I had my Simpsons flip flops and printed onto it. It had uh, uh, like, you know, that poster that a lot of kids had where it's just a wall of Simpsons characters. Oh yeah. I was looking at that going, huh? Nah. <laughs> <Studying>. <laughs> got a cram, got a cram. <laughs> what's the name of the, what's the name of the third alien in Kang and Kodos? Um, Sarek the Preparer. All three of those names are Star Trek names. Kang and Kodos are Klingons from the original series, and Sarek oh, okay. is obviously... Sarek, Sarek, press yeah. the Star Trek button. I, insert Star Trek noise here. There you go. Um, that, he was voiced by James Earl Jones, who they got back once or twice early on, but he just became too big. Once he right. was Darth Vader and Lion King. Yeah, yeah. Too, was that, too much. Did he voice um, Bleeding Gums? Remember it was the, there was the James Earl Jones joke at the end when... I think it was Bleeding Gums when he died and then he turned into James Earl Jones going, this is CNN. Yeah, yeah. I don't Luke, think it's him. It's a, it's a, it's a different someone, actor. Someone just do the voice. Okay. Yeah, right. but they're doing a they joke They just about took a shot at James Earl Jones for <laughs> no reason. <laughs> that he does all, that he has one voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, it's exciting to uh, to find something to do with all this knowledge about the, the yellow people on the TV. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so if your mom is listening to this, all that watching cartoons wasn't for nothing. Yeah. Right? In your future was this quiz. <laughs> and you had to spend a couple of decades preparing for it. Yeah, and I put up a good fight against the champions. I thought so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, as I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a seasoned pro returning to the That's sport. Right. That's you know? right. Yeah, you played it before. Yeah. yeah. And once I miss my stride, I just brain shuts down. That's you know? the thing. Like, you didn't even need the five-second thing. Well, else. that's the beauty. This thing actually comes from a game where it's called Five-Second Rule, and you just have to think of three things. Like I was explaining it to Josh, I can say, uh, name three condiments. 
uh, mustard, ketchup, and <laughs> pasta sauce. Hey, that'll do, that'll do. But in, with the, having the five second... Yeah. Um, Naming three of anything in under five seconds is kind of yeah. tough. Yeah. yeah. I was scrambling. I was like, fun. "What? What other? What other sources are there? <laughs> yeah. Ketchup and mustard. Those are the two you see at a yeah. diner." Yeah. Um, the well, other thing: well, oh. ketchup, catsup, and tomato sauce. <laughs> ketchup, catsup. That's, a, that's I say that right. in, in my mind. Anytime I'm at the supermarket, in my brain, I'm going, "I'm shopping." <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you that guy everybody hates? No, I'm Mr. Burns. <laughs> you see what I mean? It's all I have decades of um, knowledge packed in there. I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before, probably have, but have you seen um, this little independent play called uh, Mr. Burns, a post-electric play? Yeah, I went to see a performance of it in Christchurch. Yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of fun. It's set it's in cool. a post-apocalypse, and the characters are sort of trying to keep themselves sane by remembering a star... I uh, almost said it. By remembering a Simpsons episode. And then it jumps 100 years, and um, the characters are... That they're now traveling bands of like performances and they'll pay people who can remember lines of Simpsons episodes. And then, you know, another big leap into the future. It's become like a uh, sort of this, a myth, a, re- a founding myth of their society. And they're chanting the um, Cape Fear tune from the episode. <laughs> Real clever, very fun, transformative fan work. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's never too indulgent like you might expect of a Simpsons thing, but no, it stays yeah, on, it stays on topic. Yeah, Simpsons watcher it, will enjoy it. Particularly in, like, Act 1, where, like, it's shortly after the thing happened that ended the world, and the characters are, like, talking to each other and going through all these horrible things that happen, and just when it's getting too heavy, they go, that's right, Mr. Thompson, that's what his name is in the episode. <laughs> ah. They're trying to get Homer to remember that his new alias is Mr. Thompson. <laughs> yeah, but when I... Step on your toe and look in your eye and say, good morning, Mr. Thompson. You say... I think he's talking to you. <laughs> um, I was thinking about it. What are the two moments in The Simpsons that made, that made me laugh the hardest? And both of them are to do with voice acting, which I think makes for okay radio. Um, and they're from two of the characters that, you know, I don't think get enough um, credit for their work on the show, Lisa and Marge. Um, this is from the Itchy and Scratchy litigation episode where it turns out they've been ripped off. This... Marge line kills Okay, me. maybe my dad did steal Itchy, but so what? Animation is built on plagiarism. If it weren't for someone plagiarizing the Honeymooners, we wouldn't have the Flintstones. If someone hadn't ripped off Sergeant Bilko, there'd be no Top Cat. Huckleberry Hound, Chief Wiggum, Yogi Bear, <laughs> Andy Griffith, Edward G. Robinson, Art Carney. Your Honor, you take away our right to steal ideas, where are they gonna come from? Her? Mm. Hmm. How about Ghost Mutt? <laughs> <laughs> Just her enunciation. Ghost Mutt. <laughs> and can't you see that being like a 70s Hanna-Barbera thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Ghost Mutt and his pals solving <laughs> mysteries. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and when I was younger watching The Simpsons, I'd hear something like that and be like, maybe that was a reference that we just don't have in New Zealand because there's so many jokes like that that before I, the internet you wouldn't know if it was real or not. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like The Simpsons made so many references and at least to me, it made me curious, you know? If I didn't get something, I'm like, well, what's that about? Go yeah. and ask someone. What's this movie reference they're doing? Citizen Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it must be a movie about a cane, right? Oh, there's no cane in Citizen Kane. Um, this is my other clip. Um, this is this is a Lisa reading that kills me. Oh, Mom, please. You can make this my birthday and Christmas presents. You've already used up your birthday and Christmas presents on that peach tree we got you. And you hardly ever play with that anymore. Yes, I do. Sure I do. Look, 
<laughs> Just Yardley Smith's mumbly pretending to play with a tree noises. <laughs> Absolutely killed me. Uh, you know, she only does the one voice. You remember at the end of the Simpsons movie, um, they would do like Dan Castellaneta and show like icons of all the characters he voices. And then Yardley Smith, it's just Lisa. Yeah. But hey, she uh, she does one character, but she makes it count. Yeah, That's talking right. about like the gig of a lifetime right yeah well no kidding a yeah. lifetime appointment yeah. i if you i will say the one thing that um is a little like scary and reminds you of mortality watching new simpsons is um yeah uh what's her name um julie julie kavner julie kavner thank you who does marge she picked like a gravelly voice and now as she's getting older you can hear that it's just getting harder and harder for oh, her to right. do and um in that new simpsons uh treehouse of horror that i watched with the death note parody Mr. Burns came on, and I thought he was voiced by a different guy. Like, uh, yeah, he's changed a lot recently. Harry Shearer, uh, he's getting on in years. I mean, he was young when he was in um, uh, Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Yeah. So he's—I uh, don't want to think about how long ago that was. And uh, and he—he's always been like the cranky one of the group. Like, he doesn't show up to do anything extra. He considers The Simpsons like a footnote in his career. Um, he—he he wasn't involved with um, the. I don't think he was in the Simpsons video game. I know he's not any part of the uh, the Simpsons theme park. Um, he's he's a he's a bit of a crabby guy that Harry Shearer, right. wow. and it really does sound like he's uh, he's beginning to phone it in. He actually like announced that he was leaving the show. I don't know about ten years back now, and they managed to coax him back. But I think if anyone is going to retire from doing the Simpsons before they die, it's going to be him. Yeah, he's going to be the first off the wagon. Sure. There was a with the exception of Maud Flanders, didn't she ask for more money and then they just killed her with a t-shirt? The story there is that uh, that actress whose name I'm going to forget right now, uh, it's not Rusie Taylor. Uh, she's um, she's Martin Prince. That actress uh, who maybe Simon's going to look up. Yeah. I think she was living in Vancouver, somewhere in Canada, and she just asked, "Hey, for once a season, can you get?" can I fly down and do all my characters in one take because we just don't have proper equipment here? And Fox was like, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, they had a bit of a dispute. And yeah, they decided to kill off Maud, which I don't know how you feel. I kind of think it was a mistake because I don't think it led to any any funny stories. It led to a bunch of schmaltzy episodes about Flanders is grieving and now Flanders is trying to date again. And yeah, yeah. I... Maud's a funny character, yeah. you know? At the time, it was like, wow, killing off a character, this is a big deal, everything's going to change, kind of thing. It's funny, around yeah. season 13, they tried to change a lot of things. Like, that's when uh, Barney goes sober. Yeah, that's right. And you're like, once again, taking this, you know, ridiculous cartoon outsized alcoholic and actually like trying to make him human and really focusing on how horrible his life must be you're like this isn't that funny yeah like that trying to do that was the punchline of his film that he made you know yeah yeah that's right pukahontas Pukahontas, (laughs) award-winning film oh speaking of um the critic um i didn't know when i was a kid that that episode was a crossover with the critic Uh, yeah me neither Yeah. yeah he's actually i meant to say he was another character who started off yellow and then went pink colored in his own show no no he's always flesh colored in the show in uh in the critic no, yeah that's what i mean but in his first episode of the simpsons he was yellow yes yes he was and he does he does they do have a few more cameos with him like he's in an insane asylum just yeah, reciting his catchphrase it stinks it stinks <laughs> yes mr sugar everything stinks <laughs> that's great but yeah, i'm I, trying to remember when i first saw him if i thought he was from something or if he was a real person they were caricaturing like because he does he, look a bit different but. he looks he's, he's definitely a little bit of a different style i think they said for the critic the style they were sort of chasing was like al hirschfeld the characters have lots of clean sort of flowing lines 
Um, but to me, he was just, oh, this is just a New York critic character they yeah. made up for this episode. And he, it's not like the whole episode is just kissing his boots and telling you to watch the critic yeah. seven on ABC. It becomes about Homer's decision whether to reward um, an artful film made by Barney or man getting hit and groin with football it's a funny episode but i know that at the time everyone was real mad that um al Jean and mike reese were doing this episode promoting their their own show and it's the one episode of the simpsons that matt groening took his name off of he was that oh, right. incensed wow it's Which, not really that overt i don't it? think so and they're make they do jokes making fun of the fact that it's a crossover you know yeah. wow i think everyone should watch your show it's great Ooh, i feel dirty <laughs> uh, and it's even stranger considering how much things have relaxed they've done a family guy crossover yeah. they did a futurama crossover um and they're they're fine yeah but it's de- but those episodes are definitely a lot more hey look at this other show yeah it's definitely a crossover rather than a cameo i will recommend rather than watching the uh simpsons futurama crossover which is just fine the bongo comics um uh line which matt graining started to do simpsons uh comic comic books um they do a they have a really good oh, yeah. uh, futurama crossover comic I don't like the TV episode just because it breaks the rule that in Futurama, The Simpsons is a fictional show and vice versa. (laughs) Um, Whereas in the episode, they just say, oh, Futurama takes place in the future of The Simpsons. So people just stop being yellow. (laughs) Uh, In the comic, it's to do with uh, the professor invents um, a pair of scissors that bring, um, if you cut a piece of paper, it brings those characters to life. And it gets into the New York Public Library. All the fictional characters come to life and... They're, they enslave them because, like, well, technically these aren't people. They're fictional. And then the fictional people start revolting and terrorizing everybody, and they have to work with the Simpsons to put them back. Real good. Highly recommended if you can find it. Um, we've talked a lot about the Simpsons. There's another thing that you love that I want to talk a bit about, uh, which is, circling back to Pupper Paleolithic, paleontology. Oh, yes. You love those dinosaurs. I do. I can't get enough of them. <laughs> um, was this, is this something that has carried on since childhood because i know lots of kids go through some kids go through train phases and other kids they go through dinosaur phases um yeah i think like dinosaurs have just always been there for me in Mm -hmm. some form or another but i also remember maybe it's just another thing i couldn't get enough of because when i started at primary school like the first years would always do a, a dinosaur unit it was sort of a a known thing as i went through that school that they'd always do their dinosaur unit but when i went through my birthday was like right at the end of the year, so I was bumped up with some other kids, and so I missed out on the dinosaur oh. unit. And yeah, but there were, but then I saw there were tons of books about them in the library, and just they're fun things to draw. So of course I'd be drawing a lot of dinosaurs. They so are pretty good shapes. It actually seems that denying you a thing makes you interested, <laughs> in it, right? And at a young enough age, I yep. want you to. Keppel, never... you're not allowed to do my taxes. I was going to say never do my animation, but taxes <laughs> is even better. <laughs> Um, well, they are good. They are, um, they are good to draw, um, in preparation for this, because I don't know that much about paleontology. I get sort of the, whatever filters down, uh, through pop culture or the occasional scientific journal that makes it into the public knowledge. Like when the news came down, the news that, uh, dinosaurs we think might've had feathers that sent shockwaves through even the non-paleontology fan community. We're like, wah, 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 Yeah. Um. Yeah, I sort of get most of my news through memes. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And, you know, cl- that, clickbait, that kind of thing. That's but, the other thing that you do lots of memes of is paleontology. And I, it's, yeah. I'm i always on the outside looking in. I was like, this seems like a joke. Yeah, I don't know what is what it's uh, about. The, oh, the 
crustaceous era and it's the meme of the guy looking back and it's a different era (laughs) there's no crustaceous era right that's a crab yeah. I'm making up words. Well, you never know. You just have to wait for the future. That's what speculative evolution is about. They call it convergent evolution, right? Everything's evolving into a crab. Yeah. Nature's perfect shape. <laughs> yeah. um, we, to get myself a little bit up to date, I watched um, Prehistoric Planet. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, David Attenborough's latest for Apple. Yeah. Five episodes sort of looking at different creatures that might have lived in different biomes. One yeah. episode's about coasts. One episode's about deserts. Uh, my favorites were uh, the... Uh, the the plera plerosaurs is that it? Those guys, oh, can you pterosaurs? see? Pterosaurs, pterosaurs. Yes, I can't remember what kind they were, but yeah. the the pterosaurs because they're crazy looking. We all know what we all have the idea of um, what a pterodactyl looks like. Is pterodactyl an outmoded term? Do they no longer call them that? Um, I, it's pterodactylus is the proper term, okay. but people just use pterodactyl to refer to any sort of flying reptile from the fossil record. So that's kind of what we have to go with. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. Uh, really a scientific word <laughs> no i did i didn't think so it's sort of you know there's no such thing as a fish but you know when when you see one yeah um these guys the uh the pterosaurs they had they looked they looked like they couldn't possibly uh walk they had like heads that are too big for their bodies yeah. in the classic like slightly bird-like shape with a big beak and then they're walking on their wings which have sort of been folded up yeah and they looked to me the first place my my mind went was they look, kind of looked like the bugs from Starship Troopers mm-hmm. if they had a big bird head sticking up the top. Yeah, if they had a big head like the guy on Beetlejuice who pulls his face forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was really interesting. I enjoyed it a lot. My- is, is there a possibility though that like its head is from a different animal? Like they just found these two bones, and like went... the uh, like the Lisa's theory about the angel that they discover in Springfield, a caveman who angered two fish. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it looks like wings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There, there's we're all we're, everything that we know about dinosaurs is we're working and figuring things out based on the fossils, right? We're making yeah. assumptions based on well. Then fossils are being dug up faster than they can be analyzed, and so there's like storage rooms just full of fossils. Oh, and right. occasionally someone will make some discovery because they've gotten around to this thing, even though it's been sitting there waiting to be analyzed for oh, decades. I see. Uh, one of my favorites that sort of highlighted that was um, <laughs> my favorite part of watching Prehistoric Planet was at the end, like it would always have this beautiful, majestic music throughout, and it felt like a cohesive whole. At the end of every episode, the music would stop, and David Attenborough standing in the museum going, Go now to the prehistoric planet show page. <laughs> it made me laugh because I'm like, I don't think he knows what that means. He's just been told <laughs> you need to say this. Yeah. I did go. I went on the um, on their YouTube channel and watched um, because most of the show is just here's the beautiful, highly rendered 3D photorealistic animation of the dinosaurs. Yeah. Their YouTube channel had a bit more information about them. Yeah, because a lot of documentaries will do a thing that gets a bit of criticism because it's done so much where they'll stop showing you dinosaurs and talk to a person at a desk telling you about why they made that choice for the documentary. But this one just presents you with the choices and you can think about that and then go and watch a different show to find out why they, oh, you know, cool. they, it's they chose it's that. Given you the, it's given you the stuff that all the punters come in and put yeah. bums on seats for. And then if you want to learn about why they think it might have been Or like if you this, want to argue about it, like, you know, you see too many feathers and you're hey, what's that all about? Yeah, do, do things get... Uh, things must get heated in the uh, in the paleo fan community, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, The way that people yeah. present dinosaurs yeah. or... Yeah, and like that documentary was deliberately being a lot more um, daring with its speculation about 
how dinosaurs acted just because so many documentaries all go for the same old tropes of dinosaurs rawr, attack each other you know that kind yeah, of thing yeah i really liked um there was a moment where uh two t-rexes happen upon each other and having seen other documentaries you go okay well i know where this is going yeah. instead it lifts its head up and sort of trills its voice and you see its throat sort of undulating and it's a mating display yeah. something that you know you don't see that you don't see that and, sort of presented and why do they think because birds do it they think possible t-rexes do that as well yeah 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 it would have to be based on what we know of animals alive now because like you're not going to really find fossils of t-rexes mating and it's one of those really unknown things when it's behavior rather than something that leaves a physical to die mating would be i mean one of the better ways to go (laughs) i think there might be a couple of fossils in the entire record that we have of animals mating but that's really hard to find anything right um one of my other favorites beside the the bizarre looking uh pterosaurs was the uh carnotaurus uh amazing you're watching these two dinosaurs um one of them is doing a mating display it's bobbing and weaving its head it does a little 360 spin let me have a look at the back and then suddenly these two little tiny arms pop out. These tiny little fleshy hands. They're blue on the underside. They're like tiny little jazz hands wiggling to try and uh, entice its mate. And the behind the scenes thing was explaining. We know that dinosaurs, um, you know, uh, once they started walking on two legs, they had less use for their hands. Uh, uh, Tyrannosaurs had less, had smaller hands. This creature, the Carnosaurus, even smaller hands. But they were speculating based on like Somehow they'd worked out that there was still musculature around. Yeah, they the, can sort uh, of see where it attaches, and that gives you an idea of what angle the arm would be at. So they're like, they, they were theorizing these arms could still come out, yeah. but what purpose would that serve? Um, and this was this was their theory. So, like you say, they're taking a bold guess because it was kind of a surprising and delightful moment in the yeah. documentary to see these tiny little hands pop out of nowhere and wiggle and <laughs> the wave. The answer is they have them for jazz hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. Um, there's been there's been a fair share of uh, dinosaur content uh, coming out of Hollywood recently. Um, you saw that movie sixty five. Yeah, I liked sixty five. Yeah, it was sort of that movie sort of turns uh, is like dinosaurs are like the the it's a bit like Jurassic Park. They're the movie monster. Yeah, they're the horrifying. Yeah, it's, a, it's a very basic story, really, um, where you know the guy ends up on planet Earth sixty five million years ago mm. it's in the trailer it's not a spoiler um and, and he has to survive you know while he's there and there's dinosaurs everywhere right. but the, the like because obviously like all my dinosaur um information comes from um dr ross geller from friends uh, or um uh, or jurassic park yeah right so it was kind of nice seeing these other dinosaurs that were sort of derpy looking and more more and they looked more like um lizards that we'd see today like uh you know the what is it called a kimono dragon Oh yeah, yeah. They they kind of look more like that in design, little small heads and things like that. So that that was nice. Yeah, it was it was good. I have to say, Doctor Ross Geller is probably the most notable paleontologist (laughs) on TV. Although, is there a paleontologist on Big Bang Theory? These are not high watermark characters for uh, representation of uh, of that particular field. The the annoying one on the on Friends, and then one of the four obscenely socially awkward <laughs> gawky nerds who you know wear propeller caps and suspenders and have buck teeth freundleben also um, i assume having never watched the show yeah um so uh how do you feel when you watch a um a hollywood movie uh depicting dinosaurs um 
are you are you are you nitpicking it going that's not reflecting what we know or are you just oh. enjoying their interpretation yeah if it's a documentary i'll be you know a bit more critical but if it's a movie and it's got dinosaurs you know I probably want to see it like even the good dinosaur i knew was about dinosaurs that live in houses and you know have agriculture that movie <laughs> that's another place where my dinosaur information comes from the jim henson dinosaurs oh right oh, yeah, the sitcom, right yeah. that was good honey i'm home bum, bum, which, bum, bum, yeah, bum. that's right which actually turned out to be like that again is a documentary uh it's right. become it's become mm. one of those things that everybody talks about but it is really interesting if you've never heard about it you guys familiar with the dinosaurs finale Yes, yeah, that's yes. one of the two episodes I saw. Like yeah. I saw an earlier one that had some social commentary in it, and then ages later I turned on the TV and that one was starting, and I was like, "Wow, they they really did that. They went for the throat." Yeah, <laughs> it's it's yeah. a crazy episode. It's kind of about climate change or destabilizing, um, you know, uh, the ecological balance. They this wax fruit factory has caused so much pollution that this important uh, fruit fly that comes back every year hasn't come back. And then crops start failing because the flies help pollinate and so on. Things get worse and worse and worse until um, basically this, the, the planet is covered in a nuclear winter. And uh, the, the family are shivering in their home going, well, it's not like all the dinosaurs are just going to disappear. And it's a real like mournful melancholy ending where it zooms out of the family home and you see the... Um, it's snowing incessantly. You see their um, their their mailbox, the Sinclairs, and the the cold out that they go on is uh, the news anchor. No background music, you know. It's really quite uh, ominous and very serious. He goes, um, he goes. Uh, scientists predict that uh, extreme cold and uh, uh, extremely low temperatures are going to continue. We don't know when it's going to end. I'm Howard, hand up me. <laughs> That's just the Excellent. name of the dinosaur. Yeah. One thing I don't like to see too much of is just the idea of dinosaurs. Therefore, we've got to show them being extinct now. You know, we've got mm. to show a meteor smacking into the planet because we showed you some dinosaurs. Well, that's the thing. But is like... that dinosaur sitcom used it well. Like, mm-hmm. they actually had a good reason for it. But there's just too many documentaries where it's like, hey, look how great dinosaurs are. And that thing you know them for, yeah. dying. Yeah, I love right. that. Um, there's always the one shot of, like, a T-Rex, like, uh, no, it won't be a T-Rex. It'll be one of the uh, herbivores munching on something. Then they look up over their <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen that that comic? It's very cute. Uh, a meteor uh, with a big cartoon smiley face. And it's got a hat and a map that says, Dino World. <laughs> Can't wait to get there. Because the thing about dinosaurs is it is hard for the human mind to like conceptualize that level of time scale. But they were around. For a bloody long time. Yeah, this is dinosaur planet, basically. Yeah. On a scale of millions well, well and millions of years. Humans. Yeah. yeah. We're pretty new. Yeah, yeah. They only exploded once, guys. That's right. And, like, isn't there things like in Jurassic Park, there's dinosaurs that just never would have met in, in real life? Yeah, well, that, you can justify that because they cloned them, so whatever. Yeah, sure, sure. It's sure. like clone high, but dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait for clone high to come back this oh, yeah. year. Yeah, it'll be exciting. All right. That's a show that... Um, I hope I, I mean I I don't I think it's probably still going to be a bit of a niche show but I, I want more cartoons to have fun designs you yeah know? yeah that's what I liked about it like that show kind of snuck up on me I didn't know anything about it until I turned it on the TV and it was playing I was like I haven't seen a show like this before so. mm. the thing is like in, these days anything that made money once I I'm under the assumption well they're going to try and make money from it again at some stage yeah. they just need people to cool off a little bit and then hey it's back <laughs> yep. clone high i was never that popular but lord and miller have just become so successful thanks mm. to spider-verse and their other 
great comedy movies that they're like we can bring back our thing that nobody watched yeah. oh great yeah i'm for they're it not, not too busy making more great things to bring back clone high that's great yeah i love it is there anything else do we have any more um do you want to talk about primal at all like we kind of touched on it um but obviously gendy's another big fan of dinosaurs but you're not going to get dinosaurs and humans in, in real time so again you say that's fine you don't care because it's for the yeah. sake of fiction yeah. yeah yeah like, yeah that's like we know the vibe that he's going for that kind of heavy yeah. metal dinosaurs and, and fantastic creatures all fighting each exactly. other exactly there, there's plenty of things in that show that never existed yeah. so why not yeah. but also talking about the flintstones that like you think oh it's about cavemen and dinosaurs living together True. and that's fine but that show wasn't really about prehistoric things it was about america in the 60s or whatever yeah and it's what it's and, what um hanna-barbera did a lot which was take something fairly mundane but they're like yeah but if we put an interesting sort of uh, uh backdrop you know, backdrop on it then it's interesting you know yeah. it's like oh it's you know uh, like we say, it's a dog, but what if he was a ghost? Ghost mutt! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sundays at eight. And apparently they had like a whole bunch of ideas for what the Flintstones theme would be, like cavemen or under the water or future or whatever. And in the end, they sort of chose cavemen at the last minute you know, yeah. before they pitched it by the sound of it. And then they ended up doing all of those. They did yeah. the Jetsons. They did the Roman holidays. Anyone remember them? It's, oh. it's the Roman Flintstones. That's what it is. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Also... But one thing I'm trying going to try and do with Papa Paleolithic is to kind of incorporate more, you know, paleontological accuracies, even yeah. if I make fun of them, like domesticating a dog in two seconds. But yeah. it's still based on all this well, we information that. that we have now, but they didn't have when they were making the Flintstones, so they couldn't joke about it. Right, so, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, um, you did a comic that made me laugh that I didn't get until I saw the dinosaur in one of these documentaries. Um, it's uh, Fred Flintstone gets into a car crash and his airbags go off. And it's this dinosaur that has all these sort of bulging neck plumes. Yeah, that was one of the designs they put in Prehistoric Planet, which, you know, ruffled a few feathers, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Because the idea that these dinosaurs would have air sacs inside them is a recent discovery that helped them stand upright. But to have them popping out all on their neck as a display is kind of crazy. Pretty exciting. It's, you know, it's more interesting than just the, um, what I call the 90s dinosaurs. Jurassic Park, I think of as, that's what we used to think dinosaurs all were, which was big lizards. Because that's what it means, right? Terrible lizard. Which is pretty judgy. Yeah. <laughs> they're all they're they're pretty okay birds and other things. Yeah. All right. I think I think I think I'm pretty happy with that. Okay. Um, where can we where can we find uh, things that you're making? Um, tmst.newgrounds.com is mm-hmm. all my Newgrounds stuff going right back to 2003. Um, There's so much stuff there, folks. Like check it out. It's all very funny. That's one thing I forgot to mention. Uh, Andrew's like super funny. Yeah. Right. Like the the humor is is really great. I used to love that when we did watch, um, you know, He Man and all that. Like like a room full of animators just like just spouting as many funny shit as they as they possibly could. You're playing mystery science theater with it, right? Right. But 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 Andrew would stay quiet and then drop real humor. (laughs) You know, just but every time he just say something, it was a zinger every time. So yeah, and and that sense humor, it's there. It's in the comment. It's in your uh, your your animated shorts. I cannot recommend them enough. I think everybody and should just watch the, them. Just the Papa Paleolithic stuff is on my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash too much spare time. Right, there you go. So that's hot stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah if, you want, if you want to see uh, the series as it's being made, behind the scenes stuff, that's all paywalled. Um, that's, where you can, that's where you can help make it happen, folks. Mm-hmm. You do the music for that as well, right? Yeah, that so far a, I've done yeah. all my own music for it. Yeah. Right, yeah. Because there's like a lot of your earlier stuff 
um, their their music videos, so the music was already there for you, or you've got um, or voice, just, voice I, talent and stuff like that? Yeah, sometimes I've recruited other people to do voices, and I'd like to do that when I get more characters that are capable of speech on public right. Paleolithic. But are there going to be talking characters in the um, show? I think I'm just going to keep it just kind of gibberish and grunts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. that just seems better. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. it's the um, it's the Sean the Sheep style acting. Yeah, yeah. I had I did a I did a bit of that for a friend who was working on a pilot, and all the characters speak in gibberish, and I was. The difficult thing is, I don't know how you could label a million files of people saying mm-hmm. gibberish, how you could organize yeah. that. So instead, I watched the animatic, and I did one character with each run, and uh, it's pretty hard to uh, to act and make characters sound different when you're going... <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a... You're doing Bluto from Popeye acting. There we go. We could do a Popeye dance. There you go. <laughs> when you, by the way, uh, you also do a fair bit of um, uh, collaborations, like the um, reanimates, where everyone gets like a couple seconds. I really liked the one that you did for the one of the horrible '60s Popeye cartoons. Oh yeah. And um, it's a good showcase for your. Very unique lip sync style. I haven't sat down and animated it, but I can tell an Andrew Keppel uh, lip sync when I see it. Yeah, lip sync's always been important for me. Like, you see, some cartoon characters have like four different mouth shapes, but I'll draw a few extras in if they need them. Well, it can just turn into lip flap, can't it? Yeah. Just open, yeah. closed, open, closed, open, no, closed. Yeah. No. Right, yeah. Fantastic. Well, yeah. Uh, so check out the Patreon. Um, I'm also going to say follow, it's the odd Keppel on Twitter, right? Yeah. Because you're funny on Twitter, and that's where a lot of your memes mm, end. Yeah crossfire conversation fiery debate with the paleontological community shows up yeah that's the odd k-e-p-p-l-e because who would know how to spell my name right i mean it seems straightforward (laughs) to me but never hurts every single person who looks at my name says it french (laughs) this is joshua marchand you can follow me at joshua martian on twitter and joshua martian underscore art on instagram you've heard this before folks uh simon i'm still plain old simon crane you sure are. Yeah, yeah. Also known as actually Sicky Fondue. Plain, yeah. simple, Simon. <laughs> Plain, old, simple, Sicky Fondue. <laughs> I'm not allowed to say simple, Simon. <laughs> right, right. No, maybe not. That's like a nursery rhyme or something. I guess. I guess. I've, I've, but not a flattering one. Yeah, yeah I've heard it. I've heard it. Yeah. It's like Georgie Porgy. Nobody named George wants to hear that. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, well, that's going to do it for this episode. Join us again next time where we'll be chatting with even more of the talented folks who help us make cool stuff about what they're doing, how they do it, and what's inspiring them from our studio and beyond. So until then, keep mucking around. Keep mucking around.